0: Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the Random Town Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Jose. And this episode of the show is called The Art of Cart, as we'll be doing our, it rhymes, our full in-depth impressions, yes full, of Mario Kart 8, which, thanks to some magic, I was able to get three days before it came out, so I had played it thoroughly. That's all I gotta say on that. <laughs> I to play
1: it thoroughly, because I barely got any sleep.
0: Yeah, see, basically, we're, we're on the same footing, but I did not sacrifice my whole life, and Jose did, so it's a, uh, yeah... Our third or second episode was also Mario Kart, right? Episode 3, Gone Karting. Yeah. Back in 2011. And here we are. Wow, 2011? 68 episodes later. Wow, that just sounds incredible for me. 2011?
1: Yeah. 2014? Wow. Yeah. Even though we've only been going for two years? Two and a half
0: really? going on three this week. Yeah, month, yeah, or. yeah. But anyway, welcome everyone to the episode. Um, so we have Mario Kart impressions coming up, but we're kind of in the midst of like E three hype season. E three is two weeks away. There is no other podcast between now and E three of our show. I mean specifically, there's obviously other podcasts on the internet that you can listen to and enjoy, but there's no other round and tile podcast between now and E three. So point being. There's a lot of news and a lot of speculation to discuss, but but did I say disgust? Discuss. I heard disgust. I heard disgust. There's a lot of news to discuss. It is so revolting. The really? news that we will discuss. Some was pretty disgusting. Not really, but in, but here's <laughs> the thing. In a twist, like normally it's all like hype and speculation leading into three, but kind of in like a backwards thing. Nintendo actually announced things ahead of time this year. They don't tend to do that. So this episode, we're going to have a lot of interesting topics to talk about. We have uh, the first real details on Hyrule Warriors. We have news about Super Smash Bros. And the events that will be surrounding it at E3 next week. And we have, surprisingly, a new Pushmo game out of nowhere. As well as a few third-party announcements. So we're going to be talking about all that and talking about what we think will be at E3 uh, on and off throughout the episode. Kind of scattered around. So if you want timestamps to the specific news topics com episode 71. We list them all there in the blog post for this episode. And plus, later in the show, like I said, we have those Mario Kart A impressions, and as an add bonus, we have Early Hands On with Tomodachi Life, which comes out next week for the 3DS. I was lucky enough to be one of the select few through Club Nintendo who got the move-in demo. So I played that, and I'll tell you all about it toward, at the end of the show after Mario Kart, so stick around for that.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't even be considered. I haven't registered the last 12 games I bought, they're just sitting there behind my computer ready to be registered. Yeah, well, Which I maybe, get you on maybe you should have because June is already upon us. So.
0: Yeah, there is platinum seasons approaching. When is or end exactly of platinum? platinum, June 31st is the end of Club Nintendo year, so you have exactly a month. It's now June, you have this month, that's just in case it.
1: you want to know. People, that's actually good information to know. Just it in case is, case you weren't aware, it is, and
0: also be aware, starring June. There is no June thirty first. There's June thirtieth. I said thirty first. Starting June, uh, July first, some of your coins will expire after X number of years. So spend those coins. And with that news, so like I said, uh, this uh, there was actually a surprising amount of news. So I think the the uh, the big one might be Hyrule Warriors. Really? Which, uh, yeah. Well, first let me clarify: Hyrule Warriors will in fact be at E three. Nintendo will show it. Nintendo will talk about it. It will be playable. Yet. Here we are, two weeks before E3, at the time they announced it, and suddenly Nintendo's like, "Oh, by the way, you know that Zelda game? Here you go. Here's the info we're gonna share." So they actually, excuse me, they actually got the ball rolling much earlier than usual, and uh, this is both from Nintendo themselves and via the, a uh, cover story in, um, Jap- in Japan's Famitsu magazine, which is like the go-to magazine in Japan for gaming. So between the two, we learned a fair a fair amount of stuff. At its core. Uh, the game is, you know, it's more of a Zelda. Which we, this is what we all kind of predicted, but it's more of a Zelda-themed Dynasty Warriors, Than it is a Dynasty Warriors-themed Zelda. If that makes sense. Oh, well, that's called Hybrid Warriors. I right, know. Yeah. So the idea is that the uh, like the the core concept of the game is that Link, you know, he normally fights one on one in a Zelda game, and they're like, well, wait, what if he fought hundreds of enemies at once? That's how they pitched it to Nintendo. Tecmo Koei approached Nintendo about, it, not the other way around, and, and said, said, guys, the- guys, <laughs> what if Link fought like two hundred bad guys instead of one? What if? <laughs> and Nintendo's like, whoa, whoa, man, whoa. So, yeah, that's what happened. Um, that's how the game came to be. That's literally what happened. Enuma, um, Eiji Enuma, the series producer of Zelda, actually said in an interview with we him. We never considered anything past five. Yeah. No, he's like, well, we've always want like, you know how he's been harping on for a while? Like, oh, we want to, like, break new ground with the Zelda franchise. We want to do new things in different ways. Like, we don't want all Zelda to be so formulaic. Like, you know, Link Between Worlds. It's go, you know, choose your own adventure, so to speak. You pick the dungeon you want to go to. It's not linear. This, he says, is just another example of how they're branching Zelda out. Yeah. But... A.K.A. Nintendo wants money. Here's how I get more mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. So with that said, um, since it is a Warriors game, first and foremost, that means that we can expect certain things that are common in Warriors games. Because Warriors, there's Dynasty Warriors, but also there's spin-offs. There's Gundam Warriors, which is a licensed property. They've done it with One Piece like, they've done it before, so this isn't that crazy that suddenly Zelda and the Dynasty Warriors. Isn't that One
1: Piece game coming out soon? Yeah, game there's a one, one Piece Bane for
0: Wii U that? coming out. The Red, something Red? Yeah, Red. Yeah. We talked about it a few episodes ago. It's uh, I think it's digital only here in the U.S. Really? Yep. Huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's actually kind of surprising. Yeah, but, uh, but it will come with day one content that the retail European copy will come with as well. There's a bit of a controversy about that on the interwebs. But that's beside the point. Dynasty Warriors... Hyrule Warriors. So, yeah, because it's a Dynasty Warriors game, it is, you know, it is very first and foremost Warriors gameplay. So, you know, mm-hmm. Nintendo confirmed that not only is Link going to be there in his scar- in his stylish scarf, but there's also going to be other playable characters, which for a Zelda game is, like, kind of unheard of. So Impa, for the first time ever, is actually going to be playable. She and Link, the plot of the game is that the two of them have to go rescue Princess Zelda from a new baddie named uh, Sia, who's a witch of some sort. And they team up to do it because Link's a member of the Hyrule Army and Impa is like the Imperial Guard of sorts of Princess Zelda and so they team up together and go get her back.
1: The yeah, story's so weird for like a Zelda game. It's like, oh, this new villainess is like so like infatuated with Link that she kidnaps Zelda because she's jealous of like mm-hmm. their,
0: I guess, relationship and now it's like, oh. It's... And Link's like, well, gotta go get her back <laughs> and then Impa's like, well, you're the one that screwed up but I have to go with you because I'm her bodyguard. Yeah. But there, those are actually just two of a. Bunch of different characters are gonna have Dynasty Warriors always has a ton of playable characters, and this one, Nintendo and Tech McCoy have said there will be others. They're not gonna say who yet, some new characters, some may be familiar faces, but uh, pretty sure one's gonna be a Goron. I don't really see how one's not gonna be, a Goron. yeah, especially because the thing with Dynasty Warriors and also with uh Hyrule Warriors, it'll be the case is that the characters always have unique traits, like you're not. It's not like oh I'm gonna play like a clone of Link that just happens to look like Impa. They will be different. Like Impa has a giant, giant katana blade she uses, which is obviously gonna strike slower. One I she two. had like, a really fat-looking sword. Yeah, it's it's technically a huge katana, is how huh. they labeled I it. Always thought katanas were skinny. I think hers is like a two. Maybe I maybe I misread, but I think she has like a two. Uh, yeah, yeah, like a two-handed katana. Hmm. But um, because katana blades are like really long, but they could be yeah big. Uh, and then Link is has speedier weaponry, so obviously they're gonna play differently. And then these other characters will factor in some other way. And as is also the case with Warriors games, actually each character will be able to, you know, enhance their weaponry as you collect rupees in the game, but also change out their weaponry. So you can actually have, sure, Impa may have a giant blade of some sort of game, but you can swap it for something later. That's where the treasure chests from Zelda come in, as, you know, is always the case with a Zelda game. You find new items in the treasure chest, that's how you get new items. That's how you really customize character besides just upgrading weapons. So that's kind of the Zelda tie-in there. Each character actually already has their own custom chest-opening animation already ready to go. So that was apparently very important <laughs> to the development team, that they each had a chest-opening animation. Well, I mean, I, I mean, it is like that big of a deal for Link, so... Yeah. Because that's how you get weapons in Zelda. So that's one of the ways that they're trying to bridge the two games. Um, the other way is the stages themselves. Obviously, the game's taking place in Hyrule. It's in the name. The first stage in the game, which is what they're showing at E3 as a demo, is going to be Hyrule Field, which we saw in the initial uh, trailer. But then after that there's got to be some other locales as well and what I found particularly interesting is there at least one piece of game art that showed what looked like a giant skyborne landmass either crashing back to earth or lifting off from earth in other words skyloft. Oh. So I don't know I don't know if it's going to be playable I don't know what its purpose is but they did release a piece of artwork of skyloft either ascending or descending from the earth so I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up being like a prequel Well I mean there, are, Sword.
1: there there are like a few, I want to say like two aforementioned wars that go, mm-hmm. that happened during the Zelda timeline. This there's, one that happen, one about... there's one that happened before Skyloft happened, and there's one that happened, I think, right before A Link to the Past, so
0: this could be one of those wars. This is definitely the one before Skyward Sword. If Skyloft is in the teaser artwork, like, what else would it be? Yeah. So, so that means no that's way, kind of cool, though. But then that
1: would mean there's no Master Sword, and is Link using a Master Sword in it? In, in not, not in the oh. footage I've seen, I don't no, think. Then, then so far, I don't think. So it, well, as long as there isn't, then I guess it does support that theory. Assuming, yeah, this is trying to be, I guess, somewhat canon. I, don't I know. didn't
0: think it would be canon at first. But that's not like, I mean, have they said it? This is officially canon, or just to no. write it off as a spinoff? Well, see, that's why I initially thought it was a spinoff. But then, between Numa saying, "Yeah, we're trying to show that Zelda can be in different styles," implying this is a Zelda game at its core, and the Skyloft artwork, it suddenly feels like it might be canon. They haven't said either way. It's still too early, probably. Uh-huh. You know, Nintendo doesn't share details so yeah. like too much before a game comes out. And
1: I mean, just going by the trailer, I mean, I feel like, well, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how much of the trailer we can assume to be, like, I guess, final as far as, far as um design choices go. Yeah. Because I mean, the the moblins, like, mm-hmm. they're obviously Skyward Sword inspired. Yeah. So they have those big goofy faces. Yep. Yep. But then the
0: the Zalfos look like Ocarina of Time. Yeah.
1: And then that the, there's some people that look lifted straight from Ocarina of Time, like the giant, the Dango.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. And whatnot. well, he's like such an iconic. Zelda enemy at this point they haven't really changed the design too much since
1: yeah but I feel like out. if he was in Ocu- I feel like if he was in Skyward Sword he'd look more like a Monsters Inc. character or something cause that's like <laughs> what was the theme for Skyward Sword yeah
0: yeah.
1: I mean like that one I like, showed choked on my water today. yeah the, the octopus person literally looked like the offspring of like Mike and his girlfriend that's true it's true
0: it's part of a huge uh, crossover with Disney if you didn't know <laughs> Nintendo and Disney together are making Monsters Inc. Hyrule it's like you know how there's like U C Davis, U C L A. There's Monsters Inc. or Monsters University High Rule. Wow. It's, it's a big it's a Has there ever
1: been a Nintendo Disney
0: besides that one I guess? Well they published story. magic 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 what's the three DS game called? Disney Magic Kingdom Kingdom. No, not Kingdom, that's the name of the park. Disney Magic oh, Castle. Magic, no Castle. Disney Magic Animal Crossing. Whatever. Right, Disney right. Crossing, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know if they've done, like, an actual, like, Mario and Mickey holding hands or anything like that. Oh. But But, yeah, but back to, back to Skyward Sword. Um, Actually, one more thing about gameplay that I forgot to mention is that the real place where it feels more like a true Zelda game in terms of gameplay is going to be boss battles. They're kind of taking an interesting, like, hybrid approach. So, mm. according to Famitsu, most, Sky, most Dynasty Warrior boss battles are very, like... There's a boss off in the distance. He's really powerful, and then there's hundreds of other enemies. And you have to you you know attack them, build up your stamina, build up your meters of power and whatever, and then go hit the big boss. That's how it will be in Hyrule Rewards, But the twist is the bosses are more Zelda style. You're not just fighting a more powerful version of the lower enemies. You're fighting someone who has a pattern you have to figure out, and you know like a puzzle almost, like in a Zelda game. So that's probably the most Zelda E part besides the plot and the characters. I
1: wonder how much of this game will like be implemented into future Dynasty Warriors games just cuz like I
0: don't know cuz I mean the Gundam one they did all sorts of customizations involved. Well, I mean obviously they're not going to I mean
1: obviously they're not going to implement Gundam into freaking Dynasty Warriors cuz they're supposed to be very time centric games. 1700s
0: China or Japan, yeah. yeah.
1: Like, oh, all of the First 700 They were developing
0: I mean, these mechs underground. Yeah, steampunk, hey. But, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I, I wonder if there's some sort of clause in the contract, like, hey, you know, between Nintendo and Tecmo, where it's like, hey, uh, Tecmo, Team Ninja, there, was, there are two developers on this, Team Ninja and the guys that did uh, one one of the One Piece games. I forgot the studio's name. But they're not, I don't think Nintendo's going to be like, hey, guys, come up with these great ideas for a Zelda game, and then feel free to, like, in a year, release a PS4 game that does the same thing just without <laughs> Link. Like, there's got to be some clause that these are exclusive features. Oh, um. I would imagine. But, uh, I don't know. To me, the game actually looks really good now, like, graphically. Like, the new screens oh, they released look so good. They might be, uh, like, cleaned up a little, but still. Uh, I do It's funny, like, the Wii has been out for almost
1: two years now. Yeah. A um, year and a half or so. Even with that, I mean, like, I there were, like, some like screenshots or moments of Pikmin 3 where, where I felt like, oh, man, the graphics are, like, really cool, but... Yeah. It wasn't until like Mario Kart came out that I started seeing like started getting that like wow factor. 3D World
0: did that was the first game that gave me the wow factor. But Mario Kart oh, Yeah, more but, so. but,
1: yeah after that like second third trailer. That mm-hmm. they did.
0: But um, yeah, but, yeah Hyrule Warriors, like I'm getting like those same like the grass looks really. Some of the screenshots are the grass looks really bad. I'll be honest. The texture for the grass is so like copy paste repeated. But everything else looks so good. Link looks really good. I, I don't know if yeah. I like his character model. He looks more feminine than ever. Which I isn't know, I, anything against looking I, feminine, I, I, just I, I, I like... I thought
1: they fixed that, like, because I was watching, like, comparison screenshots between the old and the new one. I thought this one looked more Linkish, and the old one looked more... Oh, like, maybe. Right. Maybe. Maybe I was looking like, at the wrong I thought, they, I thought they definitely... Because I know there was definitely a side-by-side one. Like, oh, right. wow, like, they changed Link a lot. Like, I do like his and scarf the, a lot. in the face area. He actually looks pretty cool with a scarf. He does. Why. And it's cool because it'll be folding and he's I think it's because so, it's so different. We've never seen him with a scarf.
0: Yeah. Who thought we'd be talking about, like, fashion accessories in Zelda in the same breath? Like oh man, I can't wait till Blink has like a vest, like a nice down vest. Dude, That'd be so nice. That scarf complements the eyes. It it totally does. It's blue. Yeah. It's so dreamy. Anyway, it's <laughs> uh, actually turquoise blue. Yeah, whatever. So it's, it's, it's yes turquoise. Um, but but no, it, it's fine because like Warrior Games to me in general, the franchise have always been like oh yeah, you know they're so repetitive. You're smashing the same attack button over and over, and never been interested.
1: And yeah, then, of course, plus Nintendo
0: slapped on top of it, being the fanboy I am, I'm like, oh, this actually looks cool. But, like, legitimately, it looks cool. Like, I'm not just saying that. I actually, I don't know what it is. It looks cool.
1: And not to say that that's all you do in those games. Obviously, that's coming from a viewpoint from people that haven't really
0: played like those me. games.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's what I thought about God of War until I played it. Right. So. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm, like, cautiously optimistic about this. I think it'll be cool. And, I mean, it's ambitious on the developer's part. Like, they're really, I mean, the fact that they did, like, you know, they've already f- made sure they had chest damages for every possible playable character. It's kind of insane. But then on top of that, they're playing stuff after release, too. It's been confirmed, not directly by Tecmo Koei, but through the sites... Like, through a section of the official Japanese website, uh, that there's going to be DLC as well for this game. Now, there's two ways of looking at this. One, oh, cool, extra content. Or two, uh, they're withholding content specifically to sell later. I don't know which way it's skewing. Nintendo tends not to do the latter... But that seems to be changing as of late, so it's hard to say. But either way, the DLC is definitely happening. It's not like an error on the website, because if you pre-order it in Japan, there's actually like three different editions of the game that come with a bunch of different stuff. And the two fancy editions come with three bonus costumes that that, you know you download and unlock. So there's definitely some sort of DLC hook in there that they can hook into. Interestingly, those bonus editions actually come with some crazy stuff. You can get a real-life version of Link's Scarf, with one of the versions, and a Triforce tablecloth. Because when I buy a video game, I totally expect a tablecloth every time. Like, when I bought Mario Kart and there's no, like, steering wheel pattern tablecloth, I return the game. I don't own it anymore. Anyway, for that very like, reason. I would
1: have like, a steering wheel cover for your car. <laughs> yeah, actually, that would make a lot more sense, but... If, or, or even just the blue or an air shell that get. Or, or actually, I, an air pressure would be cool. With the scent of, like, Mushroom Kingdom or something.
0: I want to know what that scent is. I mean, little rotten mushrooms walking around. I mean, Goombas. And like... Yeah, like rotten. Uh, like, yeah, the, are the, Goombas are, are mushroom-shaped. Are, are the
1: toad people...
0: Toad... I mean, uh, c- turtles. Like, everything's very... I feel like it's not a very clean place, if you stop and think about it. But but let's not stop and think about it. Um, I'm sure it's less polluted than L.A. Maybe. Yeah. They don't have cars. <laughs> so... Oh, wait. Yes, they do. They have Mario Kart. Wow. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, well, I was gonna uh, yeah, more forests than we do. They, yeah, they also have a lot more, more like green. deserts and plains and food yeah, themes. We're talking loca- about the Mushroom Kingdom, not like every other world. I like, can. Oh Mario yeah, world. yeah. I used to get Mario World. Yeah, I just started rallying off <laughs> Mario World. You're <laughs> like naming off like every like <laughs> yep yep continent. They have they have they have a very nice tropical island though. No, yeah. Delfina.
1: That's
0: yeah. That's in the Mushroom Kingdom. Well, it's neighboring. It's like us going to Hawaii. Oh. Like, in Mario Sunshine, they're going on vacation to Delfino Island.
1: We, we, we should contact Nintendo and see like, are exactly where like, the jurisdiction of yeah, like, the Mario Kingdom where, is. Where,
0: does, uh, where are the open waters around the Mushroom Kingdom? And what can exactly you gamble is, in yeah, those what, open waters? What constitutes
1: at the Mushroom Kingdom? Yeah, we should, we should get on
0: that. That'll be our mission How close me.
1: can I get before I'm in the Bean Bean Kingdom or, <laughs> or Sarasaraland
0: or whatever it's called? Yeah, or uh, yeah, any of them, really. Yeah, where is this world? What planet is it? So many questions. Fourth Earth, I guess. So So many questions. Actually, no, another thing that has questions, check out this transition, so many questions, not only about the Mushroom Kingdom, but also about why Nintendo chose to announce Hyrule Warriors when they did. I think the most intriguing thing, going back to our actual topic at hand here, I think the most intriguing thing about Hyrule Warriors, to me at least, is that they announced it so close to E3. Why not just wait for E3? They could show it at E3. I think the fact that they're announcing it now implies there's something bigger at E3. Probably something Zelda related. There's been rumblings that they're supposed to be showing the true Wii U Zelda game at E3. Is it actually gonna happen? Are they getting this out of the way so one doesn't, like, swallow up the attention from the other? Like, I I don't know. Is it maybe the Mystery 3DS game they're gonna be announcing? Is uh, Majora's Mass Sequel or Remake? Maybe they're trying to like not put all the I Zeldas mean, in one marketing basket. marketing wise, it makes sense to oh, right? it to stagnate them. I mean, it does, but it's just kind especially of, if you
1: really want like everyone to be talking about that new Zelda game. Especially, yeah, I don't think you want to be talking about two new Zelda games at the, the same, same time. time.
0: Exactly, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And the and the thing is, like, Hyrule Warriors is definitely going to be the one that's pushed to the wayside of the two. A first party Nintendo game versus a crossover licensed third party. Partnership thing, so it would make sense that they would push Hyrule Warriors of the Two Zeldas out in advance, especially because it's already known. But still, it's very unusual for Nintendo to announce this much, this many details, this close for a game that could have very easily been a cornerstone of their lineup. But they didn't have anything else. They could have very easily gone to three back. Like, we got Smash Bros. We got a Zelda title called Hyrule Warriors, and we got you know whatever else. Those are our big games. But instead, this is not a tentpole. This is just something they're pushing us out, pushing out in front of E three, so mm. makes you wonder. Makes you wonder. Should be a good E three. Uh, the other tentpole, of course, of E three, like I said, is Super Smash Brothers for Wii and 3DS, and we're getting, you know, we're to get, get, we're guaranteed to get a blowout of news at E three, no doubt. But that's not stopping series head Hero Sakurai from announcing stuff on Meverse still, and it's also not stopping Nintendo for from revealing all sorts of other things separately off Miiverse. So I guess we'll start with the gameplay stuff and kind of work away from there. So what Sakurai has been um, talking about me versus, of course, just the game itself. And the biggest thing he mentioned is the lo- he kind of did a low key confirmation of Ike coming back, Ike of Fire Emblem. No, yeah,
1: so, not surprising. Like yeah. I was already surprised that Lucario was coming back. Well, kind of, sort of, because I figured like okay, like they're obviously gonna have a new Pokemon for X and Y, but then they're also gonna need someone to, I guess, like, show off Mega Evolution. So. I like, okay, maybe Luke Harry will come back, but sure, Ike you know. I did not expect that at all. Ike was out of nowhere. I, I mean, I don't get it because like I kinda of forgot he has, I kinda of forgot he had a Wii game too, so I guess
0: maybe not Yeah, but that, that Wii game but... was before Brawl even came out, wasn't it? I, oh no, maybe it was a year after. I couldn't tell you. But uh either way though, like they've had a much more successful Fire Emblem in recent time.
1: Yeah. Times. Fire
0: Emblem Awakening, why not use Chrom or Chrome or however you say it's name, Chrom. Yeah. Like I don't I mean, get... Like, that I mean, would make more sense. I mean obviously
1: I haven't played awakening and it's good but from like people's impressions on the comments like it sounded like oh this new sword that crom uses is like a double-handed sword yep that kind of plays in the same way that ike would so it's like wait so they're gonna have two kind of similar playing crom's not in if ike's in yeah so that's why it's kind of i don't know it's kind of weird it's
0: weird yeah i don't but his but him coming
1: back also kind of just like i don't know i really don't know what to expect anymore yeah
0: we were we were doing a pretty good job i would think of like kind of Figuring out and predicting, like, oh, they're going to announce this character because, you know, X, Y, and Z, this game lines up with that, this happened in the past, they, can't, they don't have a replacement. Ike had a replacement. Crom makes sense. Like, Crom Fire Emblem Awakening was the most successful Fire Emblem in the West, ever. Oh. It's weird, I think. It was at least the fastest selling. It's weird that, like, Nintendo's like, yeah, that didn't happen, here's Ike. And they actually changed how Ike looks. He's yeah. much more muscular. But he's like, he now. was in
1: the Wii one, apparently. He got he got Chris he, Redfield fight if anyone
0: else. Yeah, thought. he he basically yeah he got Chris Redfield fight or you know he just did steroids or the Japanese it's funny uh, I saw this thing on Kotaku where oh, the Japanese thing? yeah the Japanese fans seem to all think he looks like a gorilla I don't know why I don't see it I don't <laughs> see it either but I guess apparently skinny people are very muscular are like like oh that's a gorilla like that's what they say over there so that's where that came from but still like there's always jokes about Ike the gorilla now.
1: Yeah like I don't know if I'd be surprised anymore if like all of a sudden they unveiled like wolf or something. Yeah. It's it's like weird. at this point it's like uh, anyone could really be coming back. And we're already at thirty characters enough. Something like that. Very close. Like I feel like we still have a like, guaranteed like Jigglypuff, Captain Falcon, either Ness or Lucas. Yep. And I'm pretty sure like there's like no way they're not gonna have like at least five or more like hidden characters that they're never going to reveal them until the game comes out so.
0: Yeah it's the whole thing's just like I don't know it's Sakurai is really good at throwing people in a loop. I mean, when We Fit Trainer was announced, everyone's like, w- "What?" <laughs> and then you know he did the fake out with Samus in the direct. Granted, it was only five seconds long, where he said, "Oh, we don't have Zero yeah, so that, 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 J.K. We do." That was much, Yeah, he, literally he said we, Yeah, he just said we didn't have her in the game. Like, and then he did. Yeah. He just likes trolling people. So this is. I wonder if he's just doing this just for kicks, like just like, "Oh man, they would not expect Ike." Let's put Ike back in. But <laughs> I, like, I don't know. No, 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 to
1: put in P two,
0: whatever. Yeah, no, seriously. He, I would not be surprised if he's like let's not put in Jigglypuff. Let's put in Wigglytuff just so everyone goes, what? <laughs> no, let's put Iggypuff. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like, Sakurai just loves doing that. So, so I mean, on one hand, I'm surprised that's not Kromit. It's Ike, but on the other hand, I'm like, oh, that rascal Sakurai. Uh, he will most likely be at the Smash Bros. Invitational Tournament, which we'll get to in a minute, but I just thought i throw that out there. Uh, outside of Ike's announcement, though, there was other gameplay yeah, stuff shown. A just,
1: stuff, like the team battle thing where, like, you could have like red versus blue team yep.
0: but you're not necessarily all going to be blue colored or red You now colored. have a trim so to speak. You have a glowing outline of your color. Yeah, so you could still be red Mario but be in the blue team. See, that so. makes sense on 3DS where he's saying this is happening specifically not Wii U because uh, on, you know, when you're both Back in the other Smash Bros, when you were on Red Team or Blue Team, you were different tints of the same shade of red. Like, I'd be like a pinkish red, and you'd be like a yeah, ruby if, red. like if
1: everyone wanted to be like Fire Mario, and yeah. they were all on the red team.
0: Or- it would get, like, on a big screen, that's easy to tell apart, slight tints. Yeah. On a 3DS, it's a little harder to tell ruby from, like, you know, like, Rose or whatever. So I guess the outline's a way to make sure that's super clear-cut who's on what team, and who's who, because you still have the rest of your normal colors. Yeah. But that's, that's my take out. But the other thing he said for 3DS that's kind of interesting is uh, he finally showed the touch screen for the first time, a screenshot of what that looks like. Obviously, you would have found that out at E3 in a week and a half, but at the time of this recording, at least. But, um, yeah, he, he just posted a screenshot, and it's kind of a clever—I mean, it's pretty much what you'd expect. expect yeah. The boss screen gets four columns, each character's there with the player's name, and, of course, the damage they've taken— but what's kind of cool and not expected is if you press any of those characters, it'll actually put like a red bounding like box a around them. Or yeah, on the top screen. So if you're like, oh, I gotta get revenge on Ike for. Doing whatever he does, his eru- his eruption tack, the thing where you charge yeah. up—that's back and exactly the same. That's all we know about Ike. I don't know, but, but then to
1: me it's like like oh I I got to keep track of Ike because clearly it's so hard to keep track of like more than four people on the screen.
0: Now see once again I think it's because it's on the 3ds. There's a lot going on on the screen in a very confined yeah, space. But, I mean, that's why it has I, the outlines. That's why it's this. I don't know.
1: I I feel like it's all relative, but I mean, what well, is relative? But the, just because like I mean you have the screen kind of close to your face, and I feel like I mean I. I don't know. I'll, I'll give them some credit just because even though I've never had a problem like finding my character on yeah. any screen when I play Smash Bros., even when I'm playing on the game pad, sure, yeah. I have lost my character a few times when I'm playing... You mean Brawl
0: on the game pad, just to brawl. clarify. Brawl, yeah. Because someone's going to be like, you have Wii U mm. Smash
1: Bros.? Yeah, like, Brawl. I've lost track of my character when I'm playing um, PlayStation all Battle Royale. So, I mean, right. it's a similar type of game.
0: And yeah, not, and doesn't of... Battle Royale highlight them somehow?
1: No. But for some reason, it's easier to track your character in that game as opposed to Smash Bros. for some reason.
0: Yeah, uh, but I, th- I think it's because, like, with Smash Bros. on 3DS, there's just going to be a lot going on because he's trying to maximize what can happen on that little screen, so he's just making it easier to see. Well, I don't know, I think it's a nice
1: touch, but... I mean, I mean, there's no reason not
0: to have it either. Yeah, so. exactly. The 3DS version actually also have a new... Uh, Rocket belt item from Pilot Wings. I think the Wii U version might too, but yeah. he's only confirmed already, Wii U.
1: They've already they confirmed that thing a long
0: time ago. That's right. But like did you know the the, the one thing that I guess he emphasized on the first? I don't think they showed it in action. They just showed it. Yeah, basically he said he built it as like yeah, it's like a recovery extender. So if your character's bad recovery look if you're wearing the rocket belt you'll recover i'm sure really it just easily. like
1: makes your double jump like kind of like how when you have the bunny ears you yeah get, like your double jump becomes like a crazy super jump
0: that's what i assume it is too but it's just it's just kind of nice that like there's that option yeah uh, occasionally on rare mo- instances when you happen to have the item but but yeah i guess that's not really worth mentioning too much uh outside of Meverse, though there are some things definitely worth mentioning um some actually some bigger things that probably got more attention than his Meverse post. As in, like enough attention to be trending on Twitter nationwide when it was announced. That's how big this was. And the thing is, and what it was specifically was the announcement that Nintendo is releasing an official adapter for playing Smash Bros on Wii U with a GameCube controller.
1: Nintendo why GameCube, did you do this? GameCube, Wii U, I and Smash Bros Pro. were all
0: trending on Twitter that day. What?
1: No, I said like why did they have to do this now after like I specifically practiced with the Pro controller so that I wouldn't need the GameCube controller.
0: Because why would they release it beforehand?
1: I don't know because people still want to play their Wii games, and the Smash but is still one of them.
0: I don't know. I feel like they I don't have, to, have a good enough. I think game. they have to do some sort of software emulation to let those controllers work. Oh, eh. so they'd have to like code all the games differently. Like this is definitely. I think this is going to be. I mean, well, first it, of all, here's how. Well, it works. I mean, is it reading it as a GameCube controller That's or, so or as a not, Pro controller? Uh, GameCube, because here's how it works. You plug, you get a dongle, like a little rectangular yeah. box that says Wii U. On it. it has four GameCube ports on the back, on the front, and then two USB ports on the back. You have to plug both USB ports into the Wii U because it has to, you know, send a whole lot of data for four controllers, and it interfaces through the USB on the Wii U. So there's no way it's treating it as a Wii U controller directly because those are through Bluetooth. This is coming in through USB. So there's some sort of software that's telling it read the USB, not the Bluetooth, to control. 'Cause is is there any wired controller for the Wii U currently? No. No. Yeah, so I mean I guess the microphone. The karaoke microphone for Wii Sing. Uh, that that hit of a game. So uh yeah, they have to there's gonna be have to be some sort of software that tells it look at the USB port for a GameCube controller. Which means that like, you know, to play the Wii emulator. They could have in theory built that into the Wii emulator, but I feel like at the time they probably didn't even decide they were gonna do this. That's my hunch at least. Cool. And just,
1: no- well, either way, it's a moot point now since like I don't even know if I want to use the controller anymore. Oh, I do,
0: just because of muscle memory. Like, well,
1: that's Like, I played with the Pro controller for so long now. Right. Like, I already. It. Yeah, like I feel like I'm already better than with it, with it now than I am with the GameCube. Sure.
0: Yeah, and we don't we don't know price for the dongle. We don't know. But I still buy day. it if it had
1: the Smash Bros. logo
0: on the GameCube. Yeah. Controller. Yeah, that's the thing. We don't know price or release date, and they come with, which is what you were saying. They come with the, or they don't necessarily come with, but in the photo where they announced it. The, control, the GameCube controller they showed did not have a GameCube logo. It had a Smash Bros. icon on it. So Which makes you wonder, are they cool now right? re-releasing the controllers themselves as well? I feel like they would have to. They, they have, have to, they, yeah. yeah. They'll probably come with one, if I had to guess. But, I mean, however they choose to do it, I'm personally quite happy about this because I, uh... Like, I by no means play... As you know, I don't play competitively. I don't need a GameCube control option in order to, like, have the proper Smash Bros. experience that some people feel you do. And I'm not mocking that. I'm just saying that's, that's how people view it. But... My muscle memory is super used to game controllers. When Brawl first came out, you well, you, you probably remember say When Brawl first came out, I insisted, I'm going to play Wiimote Nunchuck. Those are the standard controllers for the Wii U. The game must work well with those. That's how it's supposed to work. That's the controller for the system. I was weird about it. Then I switched back to GameCube one day, and I did what I felt was noticeably better. In reality, I was probably just as crappy as always. But I felt like I was doing much better. So now I'm, like, always using GameCube. And I and I was worried with Snatchers for you. I was like, I guess I'll learn a new control scheme. But, like, I'm not, like, I wasn't, like, concerned. But in the back oh. of my mind, I was like, I'm going to suck for the first couple of weeks, but okay. But now I don't have to.
1: I don't know. I feel like... If you put any time into any control scheme, I feel like it, it really I put time matter. into
0: Remote and and it definitely did not yeah, feel I mean, as good but, as but, a GameCube.
1: Yeah, but I've seen people like in like actual tournaments. That, I mean, actual that, but, people that know how to play, unlike me. Sorry, well, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> no, but, no, no, no. I'm but, I'm saying it. But right. like that, like do really well. That are like really, really like top notch with like Wiimote Nunchuck, Game Pro controller, Pro anything. Yeah, like so, Game Pro is a magazine. Game wise. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. So I mean like I don't know, I mean obviously it's just this is what you've been playing with for like right, the longest just time. Used to. So yeah, that's why I, like I mean obviously I didn't want to go to the GU controller, but I did just because I don't have a Wii connected to my T V, only a sure, Wii U. Sure. So I don't really have that option. So right. I'm like
0: screw it, I'm just gonna get used to it. And
1: No, yeah, it makes it sense. Happens. It's just like my muscle memory
0: is happening. Yeah. Like I as a I as a sentient conscious person was like whatever but my muscle memory, which was just like yay when it happened. Uh, I will say though it's super smart for Nintendo to do this because they need Smash Bros to sell, and the thing is that Wii U does not have a big install base, and a lot of people play brawl with game controllers, and a lot of people still play melee even obviously with game controllers there's no other option, and in both those cases those people if they're like the purist, the competitive, the diehard Smash Bros fans they might not be like yeah I'll use a different controller, no, they're really they probably won't really,
1: upgrade on to right? Controller. So this is
0: really a, this is really a move to appeal to those guys. Which I think is smart, since they you know they need all the money they can get off this. Um, And funny enough, though, we went from having no GameCube control options to having like two in the span of a week. So not only was Nintendo's official thing announced, but a few days before that, uh, third-party manufacturer uh, PDP—they they make different accessories or third-party accessory manufacturer—they announced their own special controller, which they called the Wired Fight Pad. And they didn't release any pictures, but it's presumably going to look kind of like a a pro controller, except it um, has the the button configuration of a GameCube controller. The catch is it's not really wired in any real sense of the word. Yes, there's a wire that comes out of it out of it but you plug it into the wii remote and then it wirelessly oh, it beams th- the data from the wii remote so it just thinks it's like a, g- a controller pro maybe yeah oh but the point is you can't call it a wired controller if it's still beaming wirelessly. the reason that smash Bros. people want wired and the reason they're so happy about the dongle and they're willing to plug in multiple cords to do it is the latency of however many milliseconds yeah that wireless has like i'm cool like what if i use the don if i use gamecube and i use the dongle i'm totally just going to use my WaveBird. It still works great. The battery life on that thing's insane. I haven't replaced battery in, like, forever and it still works. But, um, but these guys, these diehard fans, they want wired when they see wired. So to have it be wired, I'm using air quotes, wired and only go to a wireless Bluetooth Wii remote, kind of silly. Kind of pointless. And now they're probably kicking themselves because this thing, this their their wired fight pad is basically down arrival rival now. Yeah. Unless the big twist, maybe there's a twist. Maybe that Smash Bros. branded game controller is being made by PDP. But then why would it plug into a Wii remote? So that's not happening. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's actually not the only like physical Smash Bros. news there was, if that makes sense. So we got physical game controllers, and we also got what looks like confirmation that NFC figurines are in fact going to work with the game and tie into the game. So this news... Well, everyone kind of expected this. We talked about it last episode. Uh, everyone's like, oh yeah, Smash Bros. figurines. It makes sense. And now the general director of Nintendo France, a guy named uh, Stephen Boyle. Nope. Bollet. Or Bull. Probably Bollet, because he's French. He's the uh, Reggie equivalent, right? Yes. Uh, no, he's like somewhere below Reggie. I don't know okay. why he is. Like, Reggie's president of Nintendo America. Yeah. This guy's general director of Nintendo France. And Nintendo France is a subsidiary of Nintendo of Europe. So he's like middle of the totem pole maybe. But he must have felt like top dog when he decided to just casually drop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Smash Bros is going to use the NFC. Yep. Yeah. So Yeah. So basically what happened was he was getting an interview with a French publication called Le Figaro. And uh, they asked him about games for Wii U. And will there be enough games this year? It doesn't seem like it. You have Mario Kart, but what after that? in 2014 and he said hey well hey uh, hold on we have e3 coming up we're gonna be showing nfc tech in some cool ways there's gonna be skylanders there's gonna be disney infinity and then he said this sentence i'm just gonna read it the nfc will also or sorry the nfc will be used in the wii u version of super smash bros just casually threw that in at the end (laughs) as if everyone knew just like oh by the way yeah it's gonna be in smash bros too so so i mean there you have it i don't think he made that up there's no way he was misinformed the quote was very quickly pulled from the interview they updated the article and suddenly there was no mention of Smash Bros. Just Disney and Skylanders, so so it's happening. It's happening. Cue up your uh it's happening gifts of uh of Ron Paul doing his little spirit hands. It's happening. Um uh, you know I talk about the like the rainbow background. Yeah. But I, I suspect you know, okay, let's say it's not happening. Let's just let's just go down that road. NFC will certainly be a big part of E3 this year for Nintendo, no doubt. I think it's going to be the major, major part of Nintendo's E3 presence, if not the key part of their presence. Uh, I mean, considering they're launching it as like a whole new platform, they kind of have to make it a central focus. They don't really have a choice in the matter. Like they kept saying, "This is a new platform," you know, in their when they revealed it, which we talked about an episode two ago. This is a new platform for us to go work across all our systems. It's going to be like a new thing and you can't just have a new thing that's tucked away to the side at e3 this is gonna be the center point of their show i'm sure and i mean smash bros is also the center point of their shows so it makes sense that they would in fact be one in the same mm-hmm. one center point point. and i wouldn't actually be surprised if we start seeing these figurines pop up at the various smash events during e3 week i guarantee they're gonna be in a display case or something at the tournament you know the Invitational tournament. And I'm pretty sure they might even pop up at Smash Fest somehow. And speaking of those things, Nintendo actually announced full details on both, so I guess we should probably loop everyone in on what exactly is going down for Smash Bros during the week of E3. So, first up, there's Smash Fest. As Intel did last year, they're teaming up with Best Buy and they're going to be offering the E3 demo of Super Smash Bros for Wii U at a whole bunch, over 100 locations, I think, around the country and Canada. So, last year it was Cart, um, 3D World, Donkey Kong, what was the fourth one? Zelda? Yeah, Wind Waker HD. And this year it's only Smash Bros. But beyond that, it's actually pretty similar to the event last year. They're doing it the exact same days of the week, so the Wednesday of E3, which is June 11th. You can go from 4 to 9 p.m. local time and play the game. Or you can go Saturday afternoon, which is June 15th, from noon to 5 p.m. local time to play the game. And it's worth knowing that these are actually two hours longer than than when they did it last year. Clearly, they learned from their mistake last year. There were, hu- I mean, at the one in Culver City, went we went to the line was like insanely long, and they only had one kiosk. So, I mean, the extended time will certainly help with you know getting more people to play, and presumably they got more kiosks. And it sounds like they're doing four player battles the whole time, so no, that will speed well, it up that too. Would definitely help. Yeah. So, also borrowing from last year though is the idea of giving away gold coins. If you recall, last year they gave away those Luigi year of Luigi gold coins. And this year, I guess they, I guess wherever they bought their gold coins from gave them a whole bunch, and now they're just engraving them differently because this year they're giving away Smash Bros. logo gold coins. Oh, so, like the ones from um, Braum that you use in that machine? It would actually be cool if they mimicked them exactly. Huh. That would be kind of cool. But yeah, what they're doing is um, the one way for sure that you can get them is if you're one of the first 70 people to pre-order Smash Bros. for Wii U or 3DS on either day, you're guaranteed a gold coin. And also, when you then pick up the game, you get 5 bucks instant then uh, my Best it. Buy credit.
1: Then just cancel it from that
0: Best Buy and pre-order it at the Best Buy near you. Exactly. <laughs> but do it at Best Buy. Not GameStop. Because you don't want to scam Best Buy for letting you play the game early, do you? Yeah. Maybe you do. Maybe you're an evil person. I don't know. But uh, there, there are so, there also are reports that you can also get coin if you win the four-player battle. I saw that from some official... Something like Best Buy Twitter or something, I don't remember where, but it sounds like you can. I
1: mean, yeah, they did reward you for stuff in the other Best Buy
0: thing for winning. So... Yeah, you got a coin or a flag, or yeah,
1: I think winner got first pick
0: or yeah. something. Yep, so so they're probably gonna do both, but either way, um, the coins were cool last year, so I would go get a coin if I were you. And uh, I would definitely actually, you know, what? I take that back. I wouldn't just recommend going to get a coin, I recommend going to the event as a whole because it, I mean, one, Smash Bros early, why wouldn't you, and two. Last year's uh, Best Buy thing, which I think they officially call, like, the Nintendo Experience at Best Buy or whatever, was actually kind of cool. Even with the blunders of not having enough kiosks and the line being way too long, it was still a really cool event. And, they, you know, you got to play the game or there. You're with a whole bunch of other super passionate fans. You're all street passing. In the case of the one here in L.A., game developers showed up. We actually, if you're curious what it's kind of like, um, we have an extra on the site from last year we called it uh, E3 2013 Best Buy Style. So if you scroll like two-thirds of the way down our homepage at rentown.com, you can find this extra and just get a taste of what it was like last year. This year, presumably, will be like a little more streamlined and probably more kiosk and probably better organized. So it's a cool thing to go to. I would go to it if I were you, if it's in a city near you. Um, I know we're going. We're going to be covering it for the site. So, Definitely. Yeah, if nothing else, you can always vicariously go through us. We'll talk about and share impressions on We'll have already three episodes of the podcast. Yes, one of them will have multiple. And we'll have an extra with photos and the like. Um, We're also going to try to go to the Smash Bros. Invitational Tournament. Because we are here in LA. And Nintendo's doing, you know, one better than the Smash Fest for us LA Los Los Angelinos. uh, Or Angelinos. No one says Los Angelinos. And that is going to be at Nokia Theater on, we now know... Well, we already knew, actually. Wait, did we know? I don't know if we knew. But Tuesday the 11th. Is when they'll be doing it. Tuesday, June 11th. That's It's actually going to be the afternoon after they do their digital event at 9am. So, uh, as previously announced, they're going to have 16 top players of Smash Bros. competing in the Wii U version of the game at this tournament. Was it top or just people that they thought Well, were... top that they cho- handpicked. Yeah. Handpicked as some of the best. The elite yeah, you can interpret it how you want. Yeah, because
1: yeah, there were definitely some notable omissions from that.
0: Yeah. yeah, the list... We have the full list. We're not going to run through the whole list because it's, like, yeah. literally just a list of names. But we do have it. Uh, if you go to, once again, to the blog post for this episode, episode 71, we link to, I, I think, IGN's article where they break yeah. down the full list. So.
1: Then, and... um, The announcers are good, though.
0: Yeah, well... They got big names. They got, like, the go-to video game announcer, guys.
1: No, no I was just going to say that, um... I guess we're also... Well, I mean, I'm not going to talk too much about the competitors just because i only knew like two really good like smash brothers players because i honestly didn't watch that much competitive smash brothers because mm-hmm. it honestly isn't like that much fun to watch especially brawl Melly it's pretty interesting but i don't know they just go by too slow i only really kept up with the capcom fighting competitors, sure well know. that is like
0: way faster yeah yeah, no, no, no. I mean, in terms of, like the actual fight, and,
1: and and I guess like the players have been around for much longer,
0: so there's like much more like like
1: oh man, you know, Justin Wong is still on and blah blah blah. Like all this sure, stuff.
0: yeah. But yeah, uh, in terms of this though, I mean, yeah, the thing is like I think we're going not, I like personally I'm not, I I'm not. I don't know. A any huge of watcher of the only people I knew gaming. aren't even gonna
1: be playing, so it's gonna be just yeah. to watch the
0: game. Yeah, the people that like first of all the people of note that I recognize were the announcers who uh they're well known tournament MCs. There's uh Prague, Scar uh, D1, who I could find their full names, but whatever. And, and then it's being hosted by go gaming personality and my unofficial Twitter BFF, uh, George Keeley. Or did I say George? Wow. Jeff. We're such good friends. I don't even know his name. I meant Jeff. Yeah, George. Wow. Jeff Keeley. Why did I say George? Who's George Keeley? Oh. Yeah. It's funny. Funny story. Jeff Keeley and I are actually like bitter rivals, but I'm really good friends with his cousin George. Not that's true. where that came from. No, but uh, yeah, Jeff Keely. For those who have no idea what I'm talking about, I've tweeted back and forth a few times. So naturally now I stalk him and we're I think we're best friends and I hang his picture in a little shrine in my house and he has a restraining order against me. And that, that's all true. Well, I think it's not I true. also
1: important to note that um what we have previously assumed or I guess what I have previously assumed yeah. is that like oh Nintendo's having like this tournament with all these like high ranked players, so yeah. they're clearly they're clearly want to have like a really competitive tournament but then after they reveal the rules it's clearly like the opposite they just want they want to showcase yeah, yeah they just want to showcase the game for yeah the here, game it is like they're going to have like a few rounds with
0: items it's going to be four versus four and the top two advance and then yep yeah here's I, the full, i have the full breakdown yeah. if you want to just run
1: well, might as well. yeah
0: because i can actually run through how it will literally break down i mean i didn't mean to cut you short just if people I mean, want it's, here's it's, a little breakdown done. The damage done. i'm sorry well, no, you're right, though. It's not competitive in that sense. It's, like, really casual cross with competitive. Because, like you said, yeah, it's, The last uh, round will... The on. last round's the most competitive, for sure. Because it starts with... It's gonna be four stock matches, four players at a time, five-minute limit. The first one, all items are fine. Second one, the items are on normal. Third one, uh... Like, second one, now rephrase. As you work your way up the ladder, the item... The item frequency decreases. So it's gonna be normal at first. It's gonna be medium item frequency for quarterfinals, low for semifinal, and then in the final one-on-one battle, it will be no items, uh, eight stock, and it's gonna be on battlefield in honor of like the competitive community. So the fact that they need to say eight in honor, stock. yeah, the fact so, that they need to say I, I in honor of the competitive community. I think eight stock. Maybe I,
1: maybe I misread That's that. Ridiculous. I've never played an eight stock. You match. know what?
0: I might have misread. I that. played
1: a ninety-nine stock match, but that was like for. I mean, well, pretend I, I didn't I
0: say eight stock. It might be four stock eight minutes. I'm not sure. That sounds. I I, I might have misread that. Because
1: four stock eight minutes is usually
0: the the go to. Look at me, so I interrupt you to say I have all the specifics, and I proceed <laughs> to butcher the specifics. <laughs> Sorry, but, but you get were the saying idea. items
1: allowed four before.
0: But what's interesting? Yeah, the top Chaos two the two. top two progress from each match, and then concurrently with this, there's going to be a fan favorite vote. Where, uh, throughout the normal tournament, and someone's gonna be asking fans to hold up, in the, you know, that are in Nokia Theater, to hold up character cards. We're gonna, apparently they're gonna pass out, like, cards. And you hold up who you think should deserve the fan favor of that match. So what you should do is not hold your, up, put it in your backpack, and say you never got one, and then get another one. And they're gonna let you keep them. What are they gonna do with them after the tournament? I don't know. Keep more. What? For get what? More than one. For, oh, I don't think, th- they're not gonna make 3,000. They have a hard cut of three thousand fans. They're not gonna make. We'll make five thousand just in case someone spills coffee on them. It's not gonna gonna (laughs) work. Tell the you hey, what's that over there? And it's still theirs. But but either way, this is actually this is kind of neat. But again, shows it's not competitive really because then all those people that are fan favorites get to compete in their own mini tournament with items and stocks of various counts and whatnot. So and they have their own semi and their own championships. So there's gonna be a like a champ, a champion of the Invitational, and then a fan favorite champion. No. Two separate things. Now you were saying something before I cut you off. With uh, yeah, the specific, no, no, no. You're just saying how it's not competitive. Yeah, that was it. I said everything. Oh, yeah. cool. It, uh, it is long though. In all, it's going to be a two and a half hour event from four to six thirty p.m. Pacific time. And for though it's going to be on on Twitch, so everyone can watch around the, the world and and the galaxy if you happen to live on a different planet. Uh, and presumably, it's going to be on Nintendo's own Treehouse live stream they're doing. If you recall, every day of E3, they'll be broadcasting eight hours of content a day. I'm gonna get no work done that week. Um, but for people in LA such as us, like I said, we are gonna try and go because we have the opportunity to get in. For those of you in LA like us, uh if you go to Nokia Theater by nine thirty AM on that Tuesday, they'll be giving out wristbands to the first three thousand people and then just come back around you know, get your wristband, hang out in LA live, come back around two and you get in. That simple. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, you made a good point that like it's not that fun to watch competitive Smash in your opinion. Like me, I don't watch competitive gaming. That much does at all. up our
1: odds of getting in, but at the same time, it also doesn't
0: because then that means like a lot of other people that go like, oh, it's just gonna be the game. Let's just go. That's the thing. This is like it's super cool simply because it's one a ginormous Nintendo event. Two, Smash Bros. Six months before it comes out. Three, they probably will have demos there for us to play. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm hoping too big, too much here. And more to the point, this is like The Wizard come to life. Like, we are literally playing the movie, or we are literally going to live the movie The Wizard, except without the cross-country journey and the, and the Power Glove being totally bad. And so I guess it's nothing like The Wizard except it has a tournament. But, um, I mean, yeah, it just seems like really cool. Like, I'm excited I don't even care about competitive play that much. And I'm sure other people feel that way. But, in kind of in preparation or in anticipation of the event, we're actually have an extra going up on the site. An article coming up sometime this week. Prime of the week uh where we're gonna look at the last time the a major tournament which were the Wii summer games as you may recall a you like 2010 maybe oh the national tournament It was an actual thing a nationwide family versus family yeah wow. tournament and just by chance they erected a huge two-story tent for the finals for the national finals five minutes from my house I was like, what? <laughs> like, why is Nintendo here? So I checked it out in 2010. I took a whole bunch of photos. We're going to have an extra breaking down what it was, what games were involved, what the tent was like, photos of everything. It's going to be cool. And it's just kind of like, you know, prep everyone for the cool invitational when it happens. Wasn't that like when you played half.
1: Donkey Kong before it came out? Yeah.
0: They had their entire E3 lineup there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Of 2010. Yeah. So I played Donkey Kong, Kirby Epic Yarn, Disney, uh, Disney's Epic Mickey, a lot of Epic games, apparently. Yeah. So look out for that extra on the site soon. Um, but more importantly, importantly than our stuff, and what, and more importantly than what the tournament is, and even more importantly, than the GameCube controller, is the fact that this all signifies something. And that, to me at least, is that Nintendo is, for once, incredibly in tune with their fans. They are very on the same page. It's very weird. I'm not used to Nintendo being like this. Like, when's the last time we've seen <laughs> you're Nintendo? staring at Nintendo? Yeah, Nintendo settle down (laughs) when's the last time they've been this like on top of what fans want they like the GameCube adapter fans have been like kind of half seriously half not seriously talking about it as a thing they need to play the game forever tournament you know Nintendo people are like why isn't Smash Bros. in Evo next year Now he's in Evo but now they're having their own tournament like Nintendo's really on the ball right now it's kind of impressive like they usually march to beat their own drum and do whatever they feel like but this is like very not Nintendo and very cool and, I mean, it's not just... I mean, It it, it just seems to be bigger than just Smash Bros. It's happening in other places, too. I mean, the Tom, Tomodachi life, as we talked about, there's controversy about uh, same-sex relationships. Nintendo botched that, but they came back around, listened to fans, and within two days, they resolved it, sort of. They gave an answer people wanted to hear. But they're also addressing the ongoing thing with Let's Play videos on YouTube now, which is um, kind of another thing that, like, oh, fans... affiliate program? Yeah, like, fans are upset about it, and then... They listened, and now they're responding, which, again, is very un-Nintendo. They usually don't listen. So what they're doing, as you said, it's an affiliate program. Uh, first, a little backstory. We talked about this, like, five months ago, maybe, on the podcast. I don't know. Three months ago. But essentially what's happening is Let's Play videos are being uploaded to YouTube with footage of Nintendo games. All these Let's Players spend a lot of time and energy putting together these videos. You know, they do voiceover work. They edit it. They add a f- stuff. And that takes time. And they want... You know, and they build up a fan base that wants to hear what they have to they say about to the game. They want to make a career out of this. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like how we talk about Nintendo on the podcast, and we build up a listenership. They're doing that for their Let's Play videos, and the thing is, they need money to keep that going if they want to make it a career, like you said. So, as such, uh, they hope to uh, to monetize the ad. You know, monetize their videos with ads. Then Nintendo comes in and goes, "Well, that's our IP in the video." We own Luigi's Mansion 2. We own Mario Kart 8. We say we get the money from the ads because it's our IP, it's our game. You're just showing footage of our thing. It's like if you, Nintendo's argument is like if you go make a bootleg copy of a movie, put it on YouTube, and talk over and give analysis over it about the cinematography, they can still, the Paramount or whoever, can still yank down the movie because it's their movie being shown. Nintendo's like, well, we're not yanking it, we're just throwing a small little ad on it and making money. So let's players freaked out, somewhat, you know, justifiably so, um, basically saying, no, 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 we want our money, and then Nintendo's like, no, 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 we want the money, and ultimately now Nintendo's trying to find a middle ground, because technically Nintendo, legally, it's Nintendo's IP, they can pull the videos if they want, they can make money off them if they want, it might suck, but that's the case, so now Nintendo's yeah. trying to find a middle ground, where but they are now going to split ad revenue between themselves, Google, who obviously gets a cut, because they own YouTube, and the Let's Players themselves, so that's kind of cool. They didn't say how they're going to do it. They didn't say what exactly, like, what the percentages will be or when it will kick off. It could be like, you get 2%. Good job, Let's Player, which would be kind of lame. But hopefully it's a fairly even share. But either way, the fact is Nintendo's actually listening to fans and addressing a concern. So I think this is really cool. Well, not cool. Cool Cool's not the right word. Really great that the company's actually tackling this head-on instead of just hiding behind the copyright claims, which they could have done. They could have. So it's just another example of how Nintendo's at least in terms of fan response, turning over a new leaf and actually, like, paying attention. And, you know, we've seen it on Miiverse, too. Like, developers would be like, oh, hey, we thanks for the feedback on, you know, this feature in this game. We've updated it. Or, like, Steel Diver. Steel Diver Sub Wars is getting a 2.0 version where they're making some tweaks to stuff based on feedback from Miiverse. Like, Nintendo's very in tune with fans for once, and it's kind of awesome. Yeah, I mean, wasn't Earthbound a thing because of Miiverse, apparently? Well, not because of... Indirectly, yeah. And well, the- NOA has no... Here's the thing. NOA has been in tune with fans for a while. Nintendo of America knows what fans want. They get the letters. They see the posts. You know, not just on social media, but, like, they see the posts with, um, you know, with, when they had their insider forms, the official Nintendo forms that used to moderate. There are tons of posts demanding Earthbound and stuff. NOA knew. The problem is Nintendo's headquarters in Japan just didn't care. That seems to be changing. That's why, and, you know, and they see it firsthand through Miiverse, like you said. So, yeah, it's kind of coming together now. Um... So it's just kind of nice to see Nintendo actually care. But I guess, switching gears back to games, there was more pre-E3 stuff that Nintendo announced, shockingly. It, like, never ends. So, you know, it's like, okay, Hyrule Warriors, sure, that's one thing, the rest will be at E3. Oh, now a GameCube adapter? Okay, I guess that must be it. There's nothing else to E3. Oh, there's now a new Pushmo game. Okay, sure. So what Nintendo out of nowhere announced is that they're bringing Pushmo to the Wii U with a new game called Pushmo World.
1: I actually thought it was
0: uh, an HD remake, me too. Yeah,
1: for a while because like I was watching a video and like, well, I feel like I've played this level before because they was yeah. in the tutorials And then it wasn't until like later in the trailer that they showed
0: these new mechanics.
1: So it's back to Pushmo because Crashmo is a completely
0: different game. Yeah. But... So Crashmo was the sequel to Pushmo, but now Pushmo World is back to the gameplay of Pushmo, which is different puzzle mechanics crash Crashmo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to make it more confusing than it needed to be. So oh, for, it's called Pushmo. Yeah. So yeah. So for Pushmo World, uh, it's, like you said, it's a brand new game. 250 all-new puzzles, HD visuals, and perhaps the real, where the world name comes from, is, it, is it's going to have some very enhanced and kind of cool sharing options um, through a new mode called World Pushmo Fair. So basically, it's going to build on the first two games studio mode. Anyone who's played play Pushmo or Crashmo, which does not include me, sadly... Um, would know that one of the main components is you could build, or not one of the main, but one of the core components, you can build your own level, you can then share it with a QR code anywhere in the world. I made a sweet web. Ninja Turtle level. He made a sweet Ninja Turtle level. And then you could share it with I the did. QR I code. I did, I posted it on. Uh, there was some
1: guy that I guess ran in like a unofficial, but it was basically like the official like Pushmo.
0: Oh, the Pushmo, yeah, the like, database thing.
1: Yeah, like he would like put a new code every single day that were new and I sent it there and... A lot of people liked it. it. Made me happy,
0: and that's my story. Here's the thing with Push My World. You can do that, and gave him more likes in the form of yas. Because whoa, the new thing they're doing. Do is, explain. I will. They're hooking into Meverse. That oh. simple. Basically, not only can you share the QR code when you're done making your level, which will obviously be on the gamepad touch Mo screen. a community on Meverse. I don't know, but even then, you can't post a QR code unless you. I guess you could screenshot it. Yeah. But this is more like this is more. Uh, Native. I feature. know, and it's not like the 3 disk scan itself, so... Oh, that's true. But you can go to the website for me Yeah. But yeah, so how it is now is um, you upload it from the studio right to, like, a giant sharing spot, the Pushmo Fair, and then you can browse popular, you can browse, you know, you can browse the popular um, other levels, you can rate them with Yaz, you can get new de- levels from developers, there'll be feature levels, there'll be themes, there'll be contests, it's just gonna be, like, this kind of vibrant little Pushmo community for sharing levels, very similar in concept to the Mario vs. Donkey Kong uh, level sharing that they had in some of the download-only versions of the game. I remember that. They had, like, a level a day or... Yeah. In fact, this is basically the same idea. Because they had, like, on one of the Mario vs. Donkey Kongs, they literally had, like, this sort of, like, setup where it's almost like a marketplace you browse of other user-generated content. The difference with Pushmo World, though, is Meverse, which means you can comment, you can, yeah, you can kind of show that you like it beyond just giving it an anonymous rating. Yeah. so it kind of is building like an actual community within the game where you might recognize people beyond just like a random name being like oh yeah i'll give him five stars like they will see you and be like oh that's the guy that always likes my levels and stuff like that so that, that's pretty much it i mean the rest of pushmo is pushmo you know it's still you're pushing pulling moving things you're there's like I, there's gear and items like manhole covers to warp you around it's it's pushmo at the end of the day so it's gonna be out in north america as pushmo world and in Europe, as Pull Blocks World, because for some stupid reason it's still called something else in Europe, uh, both get, both will be out on the same day of June 19th, and they will, it'll be 10 bucks. Pull Blocks isn't even that catchy. No, it's not. But it's going to be $10 here in the States. So I guess um, that's kind of subjective. I don't know. Maybe to them it was. I like, don't know why they called it that.
1: They, I mean, they obviously there's have, a, more, like, is that they agreed upon that name, though.
0: So. There's is more literal. Like Pushmo, like what? But Pull Blocks. Oh, you pull some blocks. Okay. I mean, I guess you're
1: pulling more uh, than... I fire. don't know.
0: Whatever it is, it's 10 bucks when it comes out here. And uh, to lead up to that release, Nintendo's actually doing a cool little sale where if you haven't gotten Pushmo or Crashmo, such as myself, they're thir- they're up to 33% off from now until a few days before the world launches. So you can currently get Crashmo for 6 bucks and Pushmo for $4.69, which is a very random number. So... I'm, like I said, I've never played push mode, so maybe this is fine. Maybe either the sail's going to make me bite, or I'm just going to wait for World and the Meverse integration. But I think I might finally take the plunge. I feel like I have to at this point. It's so well make received. It sound like it's
1: a bad game. Like, no. Game was, I mean, that game was awesome. That's my point. I missed the boat completely. I so mean, I sure, they it. hold your hand so much that they cut your circulation, but <laughs> I mean, if you get past that, it's like a really, really great
0: game. Both yeah, we, we have a whole episode themed around Crash Yeah, Mow. Well, both don't we? I don't know. if well, well, I don't know about We've talked theme about Boundo Bo- themed around, but Mo we themed it around. Or was it Pushmo? We themed one know, of the most. One of the Mo's. And even after you beat the game, you have so many more levels to do. Like, and now, know. like, with the World Fair, or Pushmo Fair, or whatever it's called, even more levels. Endless yeah. levels. Well, yeah. So yeah, I think this might be the game that makes me take the plunge. Because the Miiverse stuff just sounds cool, and like, you know, we could share levels between us and listeners and whatnot. But uh, the only thing that kind of like the thing that this made me realize this is kind of unrelated but man the 3 dss 3d effect is so gimmicky remember when Pushmo came out and even crash Run, to a lesser extent nintendo kept going this game is only possible on the 3ds you guys you need that 3d depth to know exactly how far you're pulling exactly how far you're pushing because you know the blocks go in and out of the screen like this is this is a game for 3d like this will this is it you guys this is 3ds like and they, you know, they were, that's how they were marketing it. That's how they were hyping it. And now suddenly they're like, "Hey guys, it's on Wii U." It's like okay, so it works in two D. Obviously, it worked in two D. The three D, three D 3D on three D S is never mandatory. Everyone knows it was just kind of a flourish, like an extra flourish, not a core function. Yeah. But then Nintendo trots this out and goes like, "This is three D." And then they're like, "Now it's HD, not three D. HD." It's just like you realize the three D S three D. Even when Nintendo was pushing it, it's kind of not. Yeah. yeah, I got brainwashed. I bought into it. I 3D learned with the one I feel like they pushed the most, and then 3D world completely eliminated it. You know, I noticed it. It's not just this. It's not. It's like I don't know. 3D world sometimes kind of justified it at, at times
1: like, the need for 3D that wasn't there sometimes because there were a few like jumped the platforms that were like oh I could
0: have sworn I was like oh that's on true it. that's true but I
1: ended up like jumping in front of it or
0: I do remember with Mario Kart Seven they took uh, those they had like I think it was primarily in uh, Piranha Plant slide the track. You know, with the like the rafting track, they uh, had those cardboard flat goombas mm. in the flat bushes, and it's like, hey guys, only on 3DS in 3D. will you know, those are flat. They're not gonna look flat if you're playing in 2D. You're gonna be like, what? When you put it in 3D, <laughs> well, guess what? It's in Mario Kart 8, and I can still tell really easily <laughs> that they're flat. Like, I totally bought into that when Nintendo said it, but now I'm like, oh wow, I'm i I'm such <laughs> a fanboy that I bought into that, because it's just as easy to spot. Yeah, <laughs> so that's a total aside. But Pushmo maybe. Well, when they
1: have very pretty HD graphics, it's pretty apparent what materials or yeah
0: textures. Yeah, exactly. And they, and yeah, they did give them more cardboardy textures. So that probably helped. But it's you know Nintendo's only in three D, except when we have better graphics that so you can see it otherwise. And then never mind. I don't know. It's inside. I just wanted to share that. Um, but yeah, all the all the C three news though kind of raises a big question of. Why isn't Town getting this all out of the way early? I know we talked about Hyrule Warriors. Okay, sure. Maybe they have another Zelda game. But why exactly do they feel the need to announce like more characters for Smash Bros. now and not in a week? Why do they feel the need to like talk about Pushmo now? This isn't even the only stuff they've talked about. In Japan, they just confirmed that Wii Sports Clubs gang boxing and baseball in July. And here in the US, they just released, kind of stealthily, uh, the Photo AR with Mario eShop cards
1: yeah, of Mario.
0: yeah this came out in Japan a while ago but basically what it is is um, you know the AR cards you get with your 3DS where it's like oh look you can pose Kirby or Link like you put the card down and they're in AR woo they're doing that with eShop $10 gift cards now like you can get Mario you can get Peach you can get a Goomba 10 bucks each and you can pose them and put them in your hand and whatever and then they're there and they interact with each other if you have multiple ones and they're, at the end of the day they're really also $10 eShop credits so you just get like a free fun freebie yeah. Lack of a rare word. Free freebie. Yeah, it's a free freebie. But so like they're just doing all this stuff. Like normally around this time. It's funny they wouldn't like... do any of this and they just do it all at E3 and be like, here's um yeah, like here's Pushmo World and four other eShop games coming between now and fall. Or between now and winter. Or here's look guys, uh check out what we're doing with AR and 3DS with Mario. Or like check out this new eShop Mario thing. Like it's weird that they're giving them all a different day. Can't even feel like like I need to
1: have one of those um I I need need, yeah, like like I don't need to buy a ten dollar gift card, A a ten dollar
0: eShop card right now, but
1: I, I got it. Have... We
0: should go to Target after we're done recording this. I mean granted we're recording this at one in the morning, but we should go to Target right now and just go get them. And though to the other one. Well, I mean there, there is, is in Japan. I mean, yeah, there is one. But... And if these are successful I'm sure I'll come to America. But right now they're only at Target. Yeah, so yeah, how much be success like, are they
1: got? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then they also do a set of ammo crossing ones in Japan. Huh. after but but no my back to the other point though like Nintendo doesn't normally do this. Okay, occasionally they've done stuff. They released they announced Pokemon X and Y like six weeks before E3 last year, and everyone's like, why not at E3? And was, whatever, that one made sense because like they want to focus on Wii U at E3, so they got the big 3DS thing out of the way before, and then they just use E3 to like pad that 3DS news a little. Uh, that's fine. And you know in the past they've done something similar like uh, uh, in 2006 they announced the Wii name about a month and a half, about a month before E3 itself. Specifically, get out of the way, let people freak out about the name so they can focus on the games at E3. This is kind of the flip side, though. So they're announcing all the lesser stuff before E3 because they're, I guess, assuming it's going to be drowned out. So what at E3 exactly are they going to have that's going to, you know, it's going to make it make sense that they would announce what could be, like, half their lineup prior to E3? or well, not half, but, you know, like a chunk beforehand. It's just... Guess we won't Zelda. I mean, we use Zelda. Here's what I mean. Here's what we know is going to be there. Uh, we know for sure Smash Bros. will have a presence. We know NFC will have a presence. We use Zelda. Seems likely. Uh, we're pretty much guaranteed that Bayonetta two and Yarn Yoshi will be there. "Quote unquote proper three D Mario. Maybe a Mario Galaxy, Mario Universe. That could be there. I mean, Shimigami Tensei Crossfire Fire Emblem. That could be there. Like there are things they could have, but. Unless it's, like, a blowout of a brand-new Zelda and a brand-new Mario for Wii U, I And even then... And then, I guess, Mystery 3DS game. I don't know. It just seems like... Like, the only other time it had this much information come out before was when uh, all the details on the Wii lineup at E3 2006 came out, like... Or not all of them, but, like, Excite Truck, all the Twilight Princess stuff, that came out, like, 36 hours before their press conference. Uh, Electronic Game Monthly had a world exclusive. The issue was supposed to hit that Thursday. Someone got a copy that Sunday night into Monday. Like, I remember I was at their press conference. That was the year I went to their press conference. And I remember I was chatting with the person next to me, like, oh, did you hear about Excite Truck? And they're like, what? And I'm like, did you hear about Twilight Princess on Wii U? And he's like, what? And, like, 30 seconds later, press conference starts. There's Excite Truck. There's Twilight Princess on Wii U. And I'm like, see? (laughs) So, um, yeah, normally Nintendo doesn't do that, though. Like, it's strange. I don't know. It makes E3 that much more exciting to me Hmm. that there's... I don't know what it is, but, I mean, we know some games that will be there. We really don't know what's coming to 3DS. Pokemon uh, Alpha, was it Alpha Ruby or Omega Ruby? Alpha Ruby and Omega Sapphire. Alpha and Omega, doesn't matter. Yeah, Pokemon Alpha and Omega are definitely going to be there. Uh, but beyond that, what's coming to 3DS? And Smash Bros. I can't even think of any announcements for 3DS there, no, um, currently. Unlike Wii U, they did not announce everything five years in they advance. Into Savannah? They could do a New Dylan. I won't be... See, that's the type of thing that, like... In the, Boogaloo? But in the past, that's what they would do. Like, Dylan's drawing Western sequel, Pushmo sequel, whatever else, they'd all be in one announcement. Or, like, Nintendo would be like, here's our A3 lineup, here's what we're, Here's what's coming to eShop, and list off, like, five new games, and everyone would be talking about, oh, look, the eShop's getting a boost. Instead, it's like, oh, hey, here's Pushmo, and we'll have more later. It's just a different strategy. I guess, I guess the advantage for Nintendo is it gives them a day to, you know, each thing gets its own day in the in the spotlight, and chance to, you know, a little breathing room, and people can talk about it more than they would normally. Kind of like we were saying with high rewards, but yeah, it's, it's definitely unusual for Nintendo. It makes me really excited for that digital event on Tuesday morning. And clearly they have something big. They have three full, eight-hour days of Treehouse Live, all E3. There's no well, way they could fill that with only, like, five games. Well, I mean, I don't think they're gonna have unannounced stuff. Yeah, I just wonder, like, how much and what. We'd have to wait. We'd have to wait it's only like 10 days. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Nintendo wasn't doing one that did some pre-3 stuff. Uh, third parties got in on it as well a little. Uh, well, literally just two. Um, one of them was Exceed, who kind of led the charge with word that we will be getting a new version of Harvest Moon that's being localized from Japan, this time on 3DS, and this time it won't be called Harvest Moon. Turns out, Exceed, who has not previously published Harvest Moon games, does not have the rights to the name Harvest Moon. Natsume... Who has previously published Harvest Moon games has the rights. Here's the it's, ridiculous it's that, part. Is
1: that that game with the art style that uh, looks like with, Harvest Moon? No, <laughs> no, no, no. With the the guy that drew the artwork for the original Pokemon games.
0: No, I mean, no, no. That that's hometown. You're yeah, right. Hometown. You're story, right. Which you're I think right. did that ever come out. You're right. I don't know if that ever came out. I don't know if that came out. But um, no, this is just straight up Harvest Moon. In Japan, it's Harvest Moon. Here, it's not because it exceeds localizing and said Natsume. Here's the ridiculous part. They're owned by the same parent company. Marvelous Interactive, or I think they are. Marvelous Interactive owns Exceed, makes Harvest Moon in Japan, and I think owns Natsume, so it's kind of weird that it can't just transfer the copyright, but whatever. It has a new name. It's Harvest Moon. Literally, it's Harvest Moon. But it's now going to be called um, Story of Seasons. And gameplay-wise, like I said, it's Harvest Moon. It's being led by the guy that produced most of Harvest Moon, a guy named uh, Yoshifumi Hashimoto. There's no RPG elements. There's no Rune Factory stuff going on here. There's no random genre mashups. There's no like weird like imp creatures that take you to like some fountain that has some magic element, which did happen in Harvest Moon. Yeah, I was about to have there's to, wait, no wait, magic. About there's Moon, no. Right? As far as I know, there's no magic. It's literally like return to the basics. Harvest Moon, like Harvest Moon 64. Harvest Moon. So uh, you know that basically means you're moving into a new town. This time it's called Oak Tree Town. You're planting stuff. You're raising livestock. You're going into town. Gang the girl, making fam, having a fam, making a family, having a family. Uh, gang new seeds, gang new animals. It's Harvest harvestment. It does have a couple interesting little wrinkles though. There will be multiplayer and there will be street pass, so you can visit friends' towns, trade items, trade livestock, plant seeds together. That's what it says in the press release. Plant seeds together. I don't know how that's <laughs> a fun activity, but uh, but perhaps most randomly, and also in the press release. Uh, you know, everyone, you know, like a farmhouse could use like a clock or a table, right? But how about like a fire flower or a one-up mushroom or oh. or you know, maybe a superstar for some random reason oh, Nintendo cool. items are oh. in the game.
1: Is this the, is this part of the whole licensing product? Possibly.
0: I think yeah. No, I think this is more the working with third parties to ensure that they bring their games to the system oh. than the licensing IP. This is like how Monster Hunter 4 has random um random Mario and Luigi well, costumes. Those seem, seem more for their stuff, especially like the, all the stuff too. I'm sure these will, when you touch them, make sounds.
1: Cause I mean, the other one had like the link tunic, the master sword. Well, how you do that, in Harvest Moon? This is how you would do no, it. No, I know. Moon. I mean,
0: I don't know what you would do in Harvest Moon. It's Harvest Moon, right? So they put super mushrooms and fire flowers yeah. and stars. But uh, yeah, so the game's out this winter here in the states, and like I said, it is literally just Harvest Moon, and I think I'm actually kind of kind of interested. I remember when we talked about hometown story we were saying like uh oh well it's you know it's harvest moon got like so repetitive that it's nice that this is gonna branch out and do like a life sim thing but now that i'm like looking at this and it looks like harvest Moon 64 i realize i haven't actually played a harvest moon like forever so i wouldn't mind if it's very stripped down back to the basics one at this point like i'm okay with that i i don't know if i'm gonna buy for sure but this has caught my attention so so we'll see but have you? Were you ever into Harvest Moon? Never. Have you ever played a Harvest Moon? Never. It's actually Harvest Moon '64. is actually like
1: insanely good. I mean, I don't, I don't doubt it. I know people that've played it and that have raved about it. I mean, the closest thing I've come to Harvest Moon is Animal Crossing. I, guess. I mean, I guess
0: they're kind of similar.
1: Um. Yeah. yeah I don't know. It's never caught my attention. I mean, I. It, in real life, like, the idea of farming, like, was just always kind of a turn-off. Like, I just didn't... I didn't know you had these in-depth thoughts about, like, should I get into farming? Nah. <laughs> well, like, my grandparents had a farm. Oh, so it, you whenever, did have these thoughts. And whenever we went to, like, to go visit them, like, that was always, like, a primary thing. Like, oh, we have to go do these chores over there. Sure. So I always, like, just didn't like it. Like, like uh farming. So when I saw these games about farming, I while like, oh, that's, like, the last thing I want to play.
0: Right. Well, that makes sense. You have a personal anti-farm bias. Yep. Yeah. But no, they are fun games. Like, I could give you One of the Harvest Moon some time to try. They're actually very fun, but... uh
1: Yeah, I think it's been enough time between... You and N64. Well, then we have a problem. Well, I mean, I have one, but I'm not fucked that I, I can't be bothered to connect Yeah. It.
0: But no, it... Maybe check out Story of Season if it gets good reviews. Oh, yeah. The other game that was announced, though... Uh, Told not no transition here. The other game that that is announced is coming to everything. Everything under the sun, and that's the third entry in the popular Lego Batman series. So that it's you mean coming Justice League series essentially because basically Lego Batman DC has this weird need to put Batman's name on anything and involve him in any way, even if it's because just because they want thing. It to sell. I know, but like Lego Batman Two was called subtitled DC super- Superheroes, and it's literally everyone. And now Lego Batman Three is called Beyond Gotham because it's not even set in the world of Batman. Literally, it's set in space. <laughs> if anything, it it's in space. It should have been called
1: um, DC Superheroes and maybe call it at the bottom Lego Batman. Lego DC
0: Superheroes Batman and Friends.
1: Yeah, it, it, it should have uh, called the DC Super dude, Heroes. Dude, it's the same
0: reason as the Superman sequel is now called Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice and not yeah, Superman yeah. v Batman, which would make more sense because it's a sequel to Man of Steel.
1: They should have done. Um, they should have gone um, Mario Land, where like. The subtitle takes over oh, yeah, yeah. the thing. But... Yeah, but they,
0: Batman's too big of a name, like you said. You're totally spot on. But yeah, so this one takes place in space. It's subtitled Beyond Gotham. <laughs> and it's literally in space. It's, I just want to re it's, it's way it's beyond so, Gotham. It's so in space. Batman's artwork. He has an oxygen mask attached to his mask. He's like a fighter jet pilot with bat ears. Well, like, the trailer was literally just them talking about the bathroom. Like, hey, that looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's like, it's... Nice Batsuit. It's, it's not, yeah, it's not Batman. First of all, if they're going to have a Lego Batman, but it now has to, this is now mandatory, Will Arnett has to voice him. He did such a good job in the Lego movie that he now has to be Lego Batman in everything for all time, forever.
1: I don't know, I wouldn't be opposed to Kevin Conroy voicing him.
0: Yeah, but that's not Lego Batman, that's just good, real Batman. Has to be Lego Batman. It has to be has to be uh, oh, it has to be douchey Lego movie Batman. I just got your reference, yeah. Yeah, from yeah. Lego Movie. I said that. up I know.
1: I, I, know. I, I don't know why, but for some reason, when you said Will Arnett, I pictured um whoever is doing Batman now, like for Batman V. Superman. Ben
0: Affleck. Yeah, I don't know. They like, are not. The same I know. I, I, I know they're not. But for some no, reason, no, I have no idea yeah. what Ben Affleck's Batman voice is. But Will Arnett has the perfect Batman voice. Will Arnett's just awesome in general. But that's beside the point. Um. So yeah, well, think here's they, they why. Think just turn to imitate like a Christian Bale kind of voice. Well, that's just Will Arnett's voice. He's yeah. very deep. Oh, yeah, voice. that's true. You know the GMC truck commercials? That's Will Arnett. Um, I can't recall You know, uh, you've never seen one before. I'm pretty sure I've half, but they're oh. commercials and they kind of just like blur. Uh, well, that's him. So um, next time, next time, time for see, next time you see, next time see one, you could go like, I know you, I know your voice, I know. I'm gonna Google one after this. It's, it's so not science. It's just like. GMC professional grade or whatever. Well, and I'm well curious though. Man. So anyway, back to Lego Batman because that's what people are actually probably not even really listening to the show for. But but I feel like it's worth mentioning because we have so few new third-party announcements on Wii U and 3D. That's how that few matters. we have. We have so few that just WB Games releasing an obvious game, again that's obviously going to be on Nintendo platforms now news. But I think also the absurdity of the fact that, that doesn't even take place like, okay. So here's why it's in space. The plot goes like this. Superman... As you know, has a, a nemesis named Brainiac, right? That's that's common knowledge. And Brainiac wants to destroy Earth, and he Whoa, plans to really? do it. Yeah, and he plans to do it with lantern rings, as in the Green Lantern's rings. And already, he somehow acquired a bunch of them. You know, he just bought them somewhere, just like a pawn shop or something. And he's already Well, if it's in destroyed... the Lego universe, I wouldn't put it past them, do you? Uh, like? Yeah, seriously. He's already destroyed a number of other worlds, which conveniently are well-established worlds from the DC universe, like from the Green Lantern... Uh, lore? Lore, as well as other canon from other comics. Just a funny coincidence that it happened to work out like that. And he miniaturized them. Funny coincidence, because considering Legos and they're tiny. So... that mm-hmm. uh,
1: is does thing, thing though, to... He has, like, a little museum of
0: Right. No, it makes sense in terms of, like... Oh, yeah. It makes... I'm just saying it's funny that, like, oh, real. you're gonna have your bad guy minim... The bad guy that miniaturizes things is gonna do that in a Lego game where things are mini to begin with? Gee. <laughs> but, uh, so, apparently... So, you know, Superman could take care of it, normally, but apparently, because they want to sell, Batman's now involved. <laughs> so, <laughs> Batman is recruited by Superman to help fight Brainiac, and they all go into space together with the rest of the Justice League. So, the cool thing is, because it's, you know, all these different DC characters, they are pulling from all of DC... So there's gonna be all sorts of locations that you visit, and some on Earth, like the Hall of Justice and the Legion of Doom headquarters. Although I'm not sure if that's on Earth now, that I think about it. And some not it. is it? It's in. I know it's in like a weird marsh swamp. Whoa! Well, I don't know where it's. It's in like a. First of all, it's in a dude's head. His spaceship resembles his head. Like who does that? Yeah. Well, so that'd be like if the Death Star look like Darth Vader's mask, but. Obviously, we wouldn't be the the people that would tell you where it is. So yeah, don't, unless
1: we knew it was on Earth, if it's not anymore, then whatever.
0: All I know is all I know is what Super Friends taught me. <laughs> well, <laughs>
1: even like, before,
0: like yeah. yeah, I used to love Super Friends. Not well, Robot Chicken told me that it's on Earth. So. <laughs> okay, that's on Earth, but Super Friends. Oh man, and like the Wonder Twins, I love when they turn into a mop and a bucket. That was so useful, so many times. They actually did that in one episode for real. They turned into a mop and a bucket. I wish I was making this up. It's real anyway so, um, so so as I was saying uh they're able to pull from all these different locations just kind of cool and it also means they can have over a hundred fifty different playable characters of you know the big names, the yeah, little yeah. names, everything in between so that's on the wheel. so
1: they're really just. Well, they're going to be just like character skins, right? Oh, of course, I mean, but still, the
0: fact that they have 150 different ones, you could be like some random. Like, I would like to see them like DC
1: character. I would like to see them be like, oh, 150 different playable characters, each with different programmable like moves. Like, oh man, like, we, yeah, we went there. We actually
0: did it. And this game has been in development for eight years, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the the 3DS version is a little more down to earth. It only had it has only 105 characters, only and 45 missions, and both of them. Here's the space thing coming to play. Here's the new innovation in the LEGO games. I'm being kind of snarky, but honestly, they are pretty fun games. But, you know, they're they're simple to the point, but they're fun. But... it's pretty fun. Both yeah. of them now have zero-G gameplay. You can battle in space. Oh. So, that's what's new. That's LEGO Batman 3. It's coming out later this year on Wii U and 3DS. Yes, it will be at E3, of course. What won't be at E3, though, is anything from Ubisoft. Uh, it can't all be good news, you know. So The most supportive... Yeah, competitor. well, they started as the most supportive, and now they're not. They confirmed to Nintendo World Report that they have nothing to show for Wii U or 3DS at this year's E3, which essentially means their support's dead beyond Watchdogs, and Watchdogs might not even be there. It's still scheduled to come to Wii U, and I'm sure we're still going to get Just Dance games every year, mm-hmm. but uh, it looks like the likes of, like, a new Assassin's Creed or, like, Far Cry 4 or any of that not going to happen on Wii U. It seems like they're far shifting cry. away. It's a very Far Cry. It seems like they're uh, shifting it away, and, I mean, honestly... Are we surprised? I feel like we're not surprised. Ubisoft, like, they put a lot of time, effort, money into the Wii U early on, and they got nothing in return.
1: Yeah, it. I mean, we can't really blame them. No, not at all. No, so...
0: I mean, like... Well, here's a quick, like, look. If I remember
1: correctly, they were there day one when the Wii was <laughs> unveiled. Well, why can't they just wait till to see how well Mario Kart does? And they could be like, alright, if Mario Kart is selling X amount, yeah. then we really shouldn't be making games for them or the other way around. Go yeah. On. Yeah, well... Or, or
0: maybe that is it. Maybe they're waiting to see how well... These and probably see how Watch Dogs does if it ever comes out. But, I mean, they were there from day one. That's what's crazy is, like... And Watch Dogs actually
1: looks really cool. Like, I've been watching my brother play because he's in San Diego.
0: and right, he's, and he's on the it. PS4 streaming,
1: yeah. Yeah, and it just looks, looks pretty awesome. It's mechanical
0: spider mayhem. But- yeah, well, hopefully the Wii U version stacks up. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping they put a lot of effort into it, because like I was starting to say, like they put a lot of effort into the Wii early on, like very early on, like when it was unveiled at E3 2011, they were there doing a co-developer roundtable with Nintendo, showing off Ghost Recon Online, which became Vaporware, the Wii U version at least, and showing off Color Freaks from Outer Space, which evolved into Zombie U. Then, a year later at launch, they had Zombie U, Just Dance, all sorts of stuff. They've done two Assassin's Creed, they've done a full Splinter Cell, they've done Rayman Legends, granted with the delay. They put a lot of effort into the system, and I think Zombie Even and Rayman were the only two that turned it out anywhere decent in got, sales.
1: I guess I only got two out of all those games you mentioned.
0: Yeah, like, they put a ton of effort and they got nothing. So, you know, they're kind of met with a thud. So it's it's not surprising, like you said, that they're not doing it. But I'm hoping they turn around. They make good games sometimes. So, we'll see. But, it, it yeah... One sliver of bad news as we approach E3. Um, And then one random story. I don't even know. I wouldn't call it bad. I wouldn't call it good. I just call it out of the super random, not E3-related, or only non-E3 story of the episode. That's uh, Mario Kart 8. It's actually a good segue into our impressions layer. But Nintendo officially confirmed the very first DLC for Mario Kart 8. And they confirmed it when the game launched. And it's free. And it's coming out in Japan this summer. And it's... A Mercedes-Benz you can drive in-game. Yeah. Yeah, driving in style. Driving in style. It turns out that in Japan, Mario Kart 8 and Mercedes, or Nintendo and Mercedes, launched things on the same day. Mario Kart 8 and Mercedes had a new SUV called the GLA that came out the same day. So naturally, the two companies were like, well, hey, we have something in common. Synergy. <laughs> let's do it. So they did a cross Let's <laughs> do it. Let's do it. And then they high-fived. It was Iwata like and the CEO of Mercedes-Japan. They high-fived and free-trained in midair and credits rolled and then they came back down and started a business plan. So uh, yeah, it's it's a weird crossover. I mean, for Merse- for Mercedes, they're getting a cart modeled after the GLA into Mario Kart, like I said, for free. And for Nintendo, it meant some added publicity because the GLA commercials are Mario themed. So the com- the commercials actually great. If you uh, if you go to our blog post for this episode again at ramtown.com, scroll down to the link to the Verge article about this and the commercial is there to watch but essentially um starts off normal level one one of mario mario hops in a pixelated gla it starts jumping through the level and then next thing you know you cut to live action level one one in some dusty desert some like hunk like male model guy comes out of the car dressed as mario takes two steps and this really creepy real life goomba hits his leg and he like realizes oh he's dead and that's the end of the because you know that's how it is in Mario. And that's the end of the commercial. And it's bizarre. Yeah, it's a great commercial. And it's amazing. And it's really smart that Nintendo did that just because people were talking about Mario Kart right when Mario Kart comes out. It made international news. Like, it was on Yahoo. It was all over the place. Like, it's just so ridiculous, the ad. But, um, yeah, I feel like the DLC itself, though, is kind of weird. I think the fact that
1: there is DLC is kind of like where I don't know, everyone should be paying attention to. But I think the DLC is
0: great. Yeah, the DLC news is great. That means we could get a real battle mode. Because we will, when we get to our Mario Kart impressions, we will explain how much we hate the current battle mode. So if they did a real battle mode in DLC, that'd be awesome. I want to say hate, just strongly dislike. Yeah, hates the stronger. It's not, Are we more
1: mode. disappointed.
0: Yeah, right? yeah. I think my disappointment turned to anger, turned to hatred. The mode available? No, I'm I'm glad it's there. Just, but no. I don't mm-hmm. know why they. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, if they did DLC for that, or even new characters, like maybe Birdo or someone could finally be in the game, dry-boned, I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, so it's nice that we got confirmation, but it's weird that, like, it's this strange card, because, I mean, it's not the first time in terms of product placement, by any means, but it feels Pikmin like it's two? the least, yeah, this is the least natural fit, though, because like, Pikmin 2, as you just mentioned, that was, what, the Duracell battery and some other stuff, and Everything. that made, <laughs> yeah, and that made sense, because, like, you were on an Earth planet, and these were the scraps that you were collecting as you would when you explore, and You don't know what they are. So it's logical there'd be a Big berry that happens to be Duracell. There, so there'd be a Coke can or whatever. Yeah,
1: there was a, um, some kiwi cream. There was, um...
0: Well, that one might have been.
1: Is kiwi cream real? I don't want to, no, not kiwi cream. It, oh, there was a, the actual, like, ChapStick. Oh, yeah, ChapStick, ChapStick, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, there's a bunch of other stuff. Yeah,
0: and that makes sense. Like, that I'm cool with. Or, like, even in Mario Golf World Tour, we were just talking about a few episodes ago how they have the Callaway tournaments. Callaway's a golf gear manufacturer. That makes perfect sense, too. Like, the gear in the game, first of all, it matches the style of the rest of the gear in the game that you can unlock, and it boosts your stats in logical ways. Like, it makes sense. This, this GLA does not exactly match the look of of the game at all. It looks like a Power Wheels. It looks like he's driving a Power Wheels in a world... Well, I guess that kind of works because there are some, like, carts that all look kind of yeah. like that. But it felt weird. It looks weird. I don't like it much. But, um... I'm cool with it. But, I mean, the thing is, this is exactly what Nintendo said they were going to do. When you were making the comment earlier about, like, the expanding IP with putting the Nintendo items in Harvest Moon... Or, sorry, Story of Seasons, This this is more what I think they meant. Like, Here's a unique partnership that no one saw coming that Nintendo was able to leverage IP and promote themselves through while also doing very little in return for Mercedes. They're just putting out some DLC. Not that hard. And DLC is optional, as far as I know. So if you don't like it, don't use it. Or don't get it. But uh, but also, kind, you know, it fits in the same mold. The fact that it's free pretty much means you can't really complain about it. Yeah. yeah and I mean, it fits the mold of that cra- like crazy, unique ip expansion because you know they did the google maps pokemon crossover for april fools and now they're doing this so clearly Nintendo's not doing the hello kitty just slap mario on everything route
1: and if you're going to be that guy that's like oh well even though it's free i'm so complain about it because that means they wasted resources doing that when they could have been doing yeah but they got money yeah exactly money
0: off i I know you i know you're saying that you're channeling that guy but in response to that guy not to you they're making money off it, and Nintendo needs money right now, so it's fine.
1: Well, uh, that guy would probably say, well, I don't
0: care, I want my okay. content. well, hey, if you want Mario Kart 9, you better start caring. Well, then and then he'll I'll... be like, <laughs> Scoff. <laughs> <But, laughs> scoff, and just storm off. But, uh, I mean, it also, one thing to consider with this is, like, Nintendo's doing a huge amount of marketing for Mario Kart 8, and this is just the latest in, like, a series of stuff. I mean, here in the States, we've had, like, I think six different TV commercials, not like earrings, I mean six variants of a commercial. Like six yeah. different variations. They had a NASCAR, a Mario Kart. Tested for flippin' fun. Yep, yep. Nintendo's being so clever because that F word could have been something else. But they made it <laughs> flippin' because it's anti-grav. Oh, Nintendo. No, but uh, they had that, they had those commercials. They had NASCAR. They had a Mario Kart NASCAR the other weekend. Um, they're even doing stuff like, someone posted a photo of, they had a Kindle with ads. You know how like you get dirt cheap Kindle, but then Amazon pushes yeah. ads to it? Mario Kart. When they turned on their Kindle, the ad was for Mario Kart, and Mario Kart's now the number one best selling game on Amazon as of this recording. So Did that saying much? Does Amazon really have that many sales? Amazon's Amazon? a huge. Amazon's the number one online retailer. <laughs> I know. It, was, yeah. it sounded serious. You're a good actor. I'm sorry, I didn't see through your lies. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so it makes sense that they're doing this, but it's just it's just it's a strange promotion. But you know, speaking of Mario Kart Eight, it's probably a good transition point. Um, that pretty much does it for news. On to impressions. On to what we're playing. Mario Kart 8 is obviously the top billing. It's why our episode is named after the art of kart. And we mean that both in terms of the game looking gorgeous and just the the art of making a good Mario Kart. So, um... I've only been playing that. I haven't really done anything else since it came out. You've owned it for... Well, let's see. You've owned it for like 36 hours. Came out Friday. This episode goes up Sunday around noon. I could actually actually, give
1: you a good estimate of how long I've been playing it. Let's see. Well,
0: Well, while you do that, I'll explain what happened to me. So normally we don't like, normally we have to space out our game impressions from our episodes. Like if Nintendo release a game on Friday, we post this on Sunday, it does give us a lot of time to play. By a stroke of luck, I've had Mar. I had Mario Kart 8 since Tuesday, three days before it came out. Uh, Sears broke the street date, I drove to my local Sears after I got off work, and sure enough, they had one copy and they sold it to me, and they totally didn't seem to care that I was breaking the street date. Or didn't even know. So as a result, I've actually been able oh, to man, sink that, a lot of time at into least it. ten hours... That's pretty good. But yeah, I've been able to sink a ton of time into it. I've tried every mode. You've sunk a lot of time into it. You've done, I think, every mode, right? Yeah, I've
1: played every mode, every track, track, every... Yeah, I've done every track. Everything you could possibly do. Yeah, we've...
0: So, even though it's so close to launch, and obviously the game just came out, within 48 hours of this podcast going up, we've actually put a lot of time into it. And had it for a while. there There really isn't much to Mario Kart. Yeah, but even then, like, we've gone through everything. No, well, well that's why, because yeah. there isn't much tomorrow. Well, I had, right? the, extra, only, only I had so, the extra days, too. There's only so much you could do, like, you could literally see everything in a few hours. Well, you can get a sense of every track, but you don't get, you know, the... Oh, true, you could see everything, you just can't experience it fully. If that makes sense. Yeah. The more you play, the more you... Anyway, point being, these are good impressions, I hope. So, with that said... Like, uh, I feel like I already know every track really, really well. I've yeah, well, been. you also watched all the videos before it came out, so you knew them before you even owned the game yeah i i went through and played every track and learned every track but point being mario kart 8's really good let's just be upfront about it this if there's one game that like normally when we do these impressions like do we recommend it or not i'll put it this way if there's one game that will be the one game to save the wii u that in town keeps banking on happening this is that game sonic and all-stars transformed no mario kart 8 oh dude it's it's selling out already Wii U's are selling out. Like, the Wii U Mario Kart 8 bundles are selling out. Like, it's big. And it's good. And that's why. I know you probably have some points to make. Because you, you have played Sonic and all Transformed on Wii U. And you played Mario Kart 8 on Wii U. So you have a different perspective I needed a, I needed a racing game to tide me over. Right. And But me, I've only played... I mean, i played your copy of Sonic a little. But I've, Mario Kart 8's really my... You know, I I don't have that comparison point. So I'm looking at it purely a Mario Kart experience. While you get to look at it from the perspective of the kart racing genre as a whole. So I'm comparing it more against this press as you're comparing it against competitors, which is good, different perspectives. But I think either way, it's safe to say this is a really good game. I'd be shocked if the majority of you listening to this don't own it or already plan to buy it. So I think instead of just going like, well, here's why you should get it, we could talk about the nuances a bit. Yeah, there's really no reason why you shouldn't get it. Exactly. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's that
1: game that you want to show off to people. Like, "Well, look at what my Wii U could do. Well, yeah, it's gorgeous. Even though it's not really the best thing to go. Like, "Well, look at my Wii U could do. Wait, when are you going to use that screen? Um, yeah, look that, at the graphics. That,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The gamepad use is kind of... We'll, we'll probably get to that. But on your gorgeous point, I thought i touched touch on that for a moment, it's definitely the best on Wii U, hands down. I mean, the texture work's insane. The Asphalt looks like Asphalt like the puddles, like have real-time reflections. There's sugar, like little sugar beads in the candy course. Where like you hit it, and the, you know you see the inter- gumdrops. And then there's like also just like the, the 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 little flourishes, like the lighting changes depending on where you are, and the uh, the particle effects and some of the fireballs. Like it just looks really good, and it also helps that it runs incredibly smooth. At least when you're playing one or two player, like super smooth, like 60 frames per second smooth. Or well, okay, technically. 59 frames per second, but, yeah, that that's kind of a whole lot of nothing. Like, one frame, that's not noticeable today. If someone has to tell you it's one frame less, it's not a big deal. You'll never, ever know. Yeah, and for those who have no idea what we're talking about, uh, Digital Foundry, these guys like look at, like, the technical specs of games and compare versions, to tell you which one's, like, graphically superior and whatnot. They work with Eurogamer. They, um, they did a comparison of Mario Kart 8 and found that it actually runs not at a full 60 frames per second all the time but it sometimes dips to 259 so that's what that's about but um and if you want to see their full report which actually for the most part praises the game beyond that and what it does uh we have a link on the blog post of course uh but yeah and, and then not only is the game gorgeous but the music's super good too because they have like the, the big band music like the swing the live band, orchestra the live or... well like a big band live big band yeah huh. it's like a big man a swing orchestra or something but yeah and they have that and like just on the level like cloud, cloud Top Kingdom, not Cloudtop cloud Kingdom. What's it called? Cloud top. No. Cruise. Cloud Top Cruise. Yeah. Like where it switches from like the like Gusty Garden like normal music to like crazy rock rendition when you go from the, uh, like the clear day part to the Bowser. Yeah, there's also like,
1: another thunderstorm part. There's another track that I guess I won't spoil the name because I don't think it's been revealed through normal means. If you were to expose yourself to commercials. But that game, like...
0: (laughs) That's a very... Well, yeah, because
1: I don't want to spoil, like, tracks if someone wants to just go in, like, with nothing. But, um...
0: What are you thinking of?
1: No, because there's a track, um, that, like, when, like... There's parts of the level where you're hearing, like, very soft xylophone noises. Oh, okay. But then, um, like, later parts of the track are, like, big, like, saxophone, like... Yeah. Trumpety part So I know you're It's right like right depending right. on Like what part of the level You're on Like the music changes To accommodate that Yeah
0: and it's super cool Like, like the music and the, ga- and the graphics Go hand in hand Perfect Yeah
1: like the attention To detail really is That on like Like if you think like um, Like Sakurai is going into Like adding all these Tiny little things Just to like Make Smash Brothers Like unnecessarily More diesel than it has to be Which yeah. is which, which is Well I mean, then
0: Mario Kart Blows that out of the water Yeah
1: I mean like Just like the tiny things that like when you're watching The replays like You'll see like a character Like is. They're either like, track the other character. I don't know. the no like, other
0: character, but items. Like, the blue shell coming in, they'll track it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm just, like, it's really cool. Like, they have so much personality. I
0: know that, think. but, like, evenly the tracks themselves. Oh, and then there's things, like, you pointed out when we were playing online yesterday. Um, bloopers, when they ink your screen, they not only ink the cart, but they block the headlight beam. So, if you're in a dark oh, area, the headlights yeah, yeah. go out while they're bloopered. But not only that, but the tracks themselves, like I was starting to say, those have... A lot of really cool little flourishes too. Like if you're on Shy Guy Falls, I don't know why shy guys are mining diamonds, but they are there on the side of the track mining diamonds. Or if the their doors. I guess if you, <laughs> if you're, you know, if you're in one of the underwater levels where there's a submarine, they're little Nokies from Mario Sunshine waving to you in the submarine as it passes. If you're, uh, I'm thinking what else when you when you beat when you do a lap. You know how Lakitu flies in and tells you, Lap 2 of 3. You see his shadow come in before he does, so you know what side he's gonna come in on. Like, not that like married, but you see the shadow and then you see him. Like, just little... Like, he's because he's swooping in from the top of the screen. Just, like, little touches. There's so many great little touches like that. There's a bunch I'm not even thinking of at the moment, but it's... Or, like, Yoshi, um... Yoshi Valley's back and now it's a wild Yoshi preserve. So There's Yoshis everywhere of different colors. Like there's just so many yeah, I, little I, I, things I think, that didn't need to be there but are and make it like, like I think
1: one better. thing that stands out the most is like how much like of an effort they put into making, I guess, this version of Mario Kart, like something that could actually exist yeah. in the Mushroom Kingdom. Like things don't just suspend in mid-air for no, mid-air, <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. Like they have like beams supporting it. They right, have, or like, like
0: Wanda Rainbow Roads is a space station, which is how it's up there.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, let's ignore the N64 Rainbow Road, yeah. but um, there's, like, the Super Mario circuit from Super Nintendo. Like, you actually see these, like, beams, like, carrying up the part of the section that would be anti-gravity or...
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, like, raises up. Yeah. Or, like, uh, when you or, go or, or, to some or, of the castle tracks, we'll leave it at that. There's one in particular, but uh, the gate raises when the yeah. countdown's going Or I on. think,
1: like, the biggest one, like, one of the earlier tracks, like, um, like, Mario, just the Mario circuit of this game, it's a Mobius strip. Right. But even though it's a Mobius strip, it's being supported by these giant beams, so yep. it's like, oh.
0: Or like... Uh, that
1: must have been a lot of trouble for them. Yeah, or
0: like uh, Cloudtop King... Uh, Cla- Cla- I keep saying Cloudtop... Cloud top Cruise. Cloud, <laughs> Cloud, I keep saying Kingdom because of Cloudberry Kingdom, which still isn't out on Wii, by the way. Uh, what? Cloud it Top is? is it? Oh, you're right, it is. Just, Long kidding. Time Just kidding. Cloud Top uh Just kidding. Cloudtop Cruise, the, mm-hmm. the, at one point you're driving on a giant like beanstalk, you land on the block the beanstalk comes out of. You land on a big block, like a giant block. But still, even things like that, like, oh, that's why there's a beanstalk in mid-air. It came out of a block. Yeah, the question mark block. Yeah, exactly. It's a used question mark block, so it's a big bri- It's just, like, the attention to detail is insane. It gives the game, like you said, so much personality. And it helps that the track design, like, the actual, like, layouts of the courses are pretty top-notch. They're a bit on the wide side compared to other Mario Kart games. That's because there's 12 racers instead of 8. But even then, they are really cool. And all the old tracks feel almost... Completely new because they, you know, they add anti Some of them are
1: unrecognizable. From yeah, the, yeah, like
0: completely unrecognizable because you know they add anti-grab. They add the three. They to add three D. The Super Nintendo, and Game Boy Advance ones. Like it's, they it's it's really impressive.
1: Yeah, one um side note, um obviously there's a Rainbow Road or a new Rainbow Road in this one. They yeah, have big surprise.
0: Well, all the track. Keep in mind, all the tracks were released by Nintendo on the website from Arcade Eight like two before yet. the game. So, spoiler warning. But at the same time, like. It's out there, and it's been out there before the game even came to shelves, so...
1: Yeah. Officially, too, nonetheless. But, um... I was just gonna say, um... I guess, like, design-wise, I'm still, like, kind of, like, underwhelmed by it. Just because it's like, oh, they could have done all these things. But after playing it, like, I feel like it still has, like, that signature difficulty of a Rainbow Road. Probably more so than the last one, because the last one... Oh, you're
0: talking about the new Rainbow Road. Yeah. Yeah,
1: like like... Like, I guess, like, how, like, many chances there are, like, to fall off or, like, to actually... Maneuver yeah, they have the a court. lot of, like, little parts of defense yeah. just isn't there Yeah, because it just didn't look that hard just because, like... I think, overall, most of the tracks might be a little shorter. But I think that's just how it's been for, like, the last few Mario Karts. Like, they've just been decreasing the the track size. A little, for yeah. sure. I mean, I think just, like, the fact that um the remake of Rainbow Road for the N64 is just one lap now is a testament to how they're, like... Nope, no one has like the attention spans of, like so three whole laps. <laughs> We're all ADD. Yeah, yeah so like, oh, no, this is make one lap. What was once three laps is now just one. One lap. lap.
0: Yeah, but and you know that kind of brings up some good points about like the core karting experience in this Mario Kart, and that they have made some changes. Like these, there are some noticeable changes we talked about leading up to game release, but now that we've actually played them, you know things like you can't ha- can't hold an item while having a second item. You only get one item. It will not leave the item slot until you use it, even if you're trailing it behind you. Which does change things. Because, you know, it changes your strategies a lot in some ways. But the flip side of that...
1: There have been some items that did that before like the tanuki tail only let oh, you yeah. the tanuki tail the fire flower only yeah chose. this was just an
0: expansion of that yeah but i mean so it on the one hand it sucks in the sense that like if you get hit by two red shells back to back and you're in your third lap there's no way you're covering your position yeah, it's worse than getting hit by it,
1: it's worse than getting hit by a blue shell
0: honestly i think red and green shells are now officially worse than blue shells the blue shell you recover much faster i feel like
1: yeah well i mean ever since Marcus i mean, you don't like fly into the air yeah. you just kind of stay in place yeah But,
0: but um... It's just one
1: of those things that's like, oh, you're guaranteed to get hit by this one. Mm -hmm. And even then, not really.
0: Right, (laughs) because the super horn. But, no, but I was going to say that, like, so if you get hit by two red shells and you're in your third lap, and you were in first and now you're in seventh, you're not getting back to first. I'm sorry, it's not happening. So that, you know, the one item thing kind of affects that because in past games you could have an item. If you get hit by a red shell, you just use a boost and go, use a boost to get through and get back to the lead. But on the flip side... So that takes longer to recover from, but then recovery—if you fall off a track—is so much faster, and you don't lose an item, and you don't lose if you're like in the middle of star power or something; it stays put. So it kind of—it's just like they shifted things a little. Like it's at the end of the day, it's probably the same odds and the same yeah, but ratio it, but it's more—it's
1: it de- definitely more balanced. But it I mean, feels balanced. Yeah. One thing also that I've noticed: um, if you are if you manage to get in first place early on, mm-hmm. it's a—I feel like it's been a lot easier to keep. Your first place. Like, yeah. I, I, I noticed that. Like, I've been in, I'd say about, I don't know, this sounds like a hammer, but, like, 70 to 80% of the races where I pulled ahead and stayed in first, like, within the first lap. Yep. I just stayed in first the whole time just because, like, even though you can only carry one item at a time. I sometimes I get the super horn three times in one race, and the blue I rarely get the
0: super horn. I've gotten the super horn so many times. I get way too many coins, which do nothing. Oh, if you I, have ten coins, and you get a coin, yeah, and nothing. And, and, happens. And, even,
1: and even if I get the coin, well, I mean, this also maybe plays into the fact that um, since I play Bowser, um, any card I pick is already going to have like the highest speed that that card can possibly get. Sure. So, um, and usually the cards I pick. End up having, it like, close to, like, the maximum speed. They almost fill up that little meter. Right. So when I'm in first and I already get all my coins, no one's going to catch up to me no matter what. And if anything, I'm going to be getting farther and farther away. Yeah. So even if I get hit by a blue shell, like, I'm still...
0: You have a buffer. But,
1: yeah, like, I could get hit by two blue shells and people still won't catch up to me. Right. So, but then, again, like, it goes in the complete opposite direction. If you're stuck in the middle of the herd... You you're, can knock it out. You're going to get bombarded like crazy. It's some, I don't know. It's pretty frustrating. Yeah, it always makes actually it... it actually very it good, frustrating. It makes
0: it good they don't have two items, though. Because imagine if all those characters in the middle of the herd were able to, like, rapid fire two items at you. you would, It would be even worse. Yeah. So. Like, like
1: it, it's still... It, it will still get you pretty... I uh, If Marker 7 or Marker Wii... Like, they had their annoying times. Like, this one still does. Just maybe not as often.
0: I will say, though, that, like... Um,
1: I mean, no Thundercloud... Potato, like I think pop par- potato thing. Then, yeah, you know, that, I'm glad
0: that. that's gone. I think part of the reason that uh, this one, like if you're in first, you stay in first, is I think they scaled back to rubber banding a little. Rubber banding has been an issue in multiple Mario Kart games. I use that issue, yeah, light, I, I use the term issue very lightly because we all enjoy Mario Kart and that's just part of Mario Kart. But be times yeah, you'd, it, uh, you'd it, be racing in and out of nowhere, suddenly there's three other guys behind you when clearly they shouldn't be behind you that close, that quickly. Yeah. This one, there's less of that, which is good.
1: Well, I need at the least rubber- I've noticed. Wait, that. Was it with rubber banding? Was just with the AI or with people?
0: AI. Because yeah, with the AI, I oh. don't but you can't rubber band real people. It basically no, transports yeah, the yeah. AI closer to you. So yeah, for work. some
1: reason, that never. Yeah, like you said, like I just kind of took it as part of Mario Kart. Like oh, so right, you, but it's scaled so, back. Yeah, so you always have a rival,
0: so yeah. to speak. I don't know. now, one thing uh, I do want to complain about very quickly. It's not a complaint, really. It's just kind of a surprise. Uh, so apparently, in this Mar- in all Mario Kart, you had to work your way up. You could play any speed you want, 50cc, 100, 150, but you need to earn trophies in each in order to fully complete them. This one, if you earn your trophies and your three stars in 150, it somehow retroactively automatically applies to 50 and 100. So I, when I bought the game, you know, three days in advance and didn't know this because no one had the game, I uh, was playing 50 and it was kind of slow and it was more like me just getting to know the tracks, getting to know the, the, the feel of the carts and the characters, which is why, by the way... I was saying that, like, you know, there's experience, there's like playing through every track and experiencing every track and, like, really, like, taking it and at the top of this, I was saying that. But, um, yeah. So, I did 50. I got all the gold trophies and then I find out I didn't need to do that. I'm like, are you kidding me? So, that's a little, that was a weird design choice because, like, the game already isn't huge on, re- on like, not replayability. That's the wrong word. It's this, huge on replayability. It's not huge on how much it offers in the initial first run. Oh. So why would they then well, weird cancel out? Though? Like, because I mean, that's
1: if anything, that's standard. Like every, no, it's well, not. like they're well, each
0: separate. Well, fine, games. fine,
1: fine, fine. Maybe not for Nintendo, but like, every, um, yeah, just about every single PS3 game I've played. If I beat a game on the high on the hardest difficulty, all of a sudden I get every single achievement that says, "Oh, you completed it on medium, easy." Oh. Not very hard. I guess I just got conditioned into Like, every into single thinking... game. Like, I always, like... Because, I mean, it makes sense to me. Like, if you beat on the hardest difficulty, obviously you could beat it in any lower. So, why yeah. waste you Yeah, I guess
0: I just missed... Uh, like, I, I got conditioned into me by Nintendo that it's not so much, like, difficulties. It's more, like, classes. They
1: definitely so are So, you beat one class. I know, but
0: they treat them like classes. Even
1: though class. when you're playing, um like, local co-op... Yeah. And you're setting it up, the 150cc and difficulty are two separate things. So yeah, See, she, that's where I'm not yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah, I know that's it, but I mean, like, when you're doing um, the Grand Prix, they're yeah. grouped into one. So, like, it's easy, medium, and hard, and 50, 100, 150. Nintendo's but when you play, got a Nintendo, but when you're playing versus, you have 50, 100, 150, and easy, medium, hard as separate
0: options. Like I said, Nintendo's got a Nintendo. Sounds huh, dumb. That's interesting. So, sense.
1: you can have really hard computers that
0: are really slow, I guess. Yeah, um, I guess, I guess, but. If you um, want, but. But yeah, I mean, honestly, it wasn't that big of a deal because it let me unlock characters faster. Which, by the way, all unlocks, all unlocking is now randomized. Yeah, you're not guaranteed kind of characters weird. in kind a certain of, order. Yeah, like I had, that's, that's, Sorry, here no, it is. No, like, I had
1: a friend ask me today. He's like, oh, how do you unlock more than Koopa? And I'm like, oh, you kind of hope you, hope can, the can, you, yeah, hope you do unlock them. Like, just do every grand Prix." I mean,
0: it kind of it kind of explains why they announced all unlockable characters before the game even came out. Because it's like, it doesn't matter. Which you get when. They really don't matter. You're just getting them. And they're, in, and they're there racing you before you even unlock them in some cases, I think. Really? I could have sworn I saw a Koopaling or two that I didn't unlock oh. yet. Because, again, there's seven of them, and they're all kind of the same, so who knows? <laughs>
1: I mean, we're playing online, definitely, but... No, no, um, no, no uh, local. Uh, ever noticed, I have noticed that.
0: I might have missed that, but... Um, I mean, they're all unlocked at this point, but, um... The, the other major complaint I have, um, I guess... Oh, were you going to say something? I forgot. I was going to say the other major thing I had, just when playing single player, I noticed this, is the game pads. Worthless. <laughs> I mean, let, let me—that's like, a little harsh. Let me rephrase. So it does have a whole I think an overall
1: complaint, but yeah, it does have I, a I, map would agree.
0: and it does have off-TV play. But the thing is, and the map is useful. You know, it's just like seven. It's just like seven. It's just like DS, where it has items other characters have, and it has it on a map. It shows you the distance and everything. Problem is, the gamepad doesn't work as a second screen for a TV. It's not like a DS where they're a centimeter apart and there's a hinge. You have to literally tilt your head up and down. First little problem, you have to tilt your head. You have to move your neck muscles, and man, that's harsh, hard to do. But no, the issue is, you are actually taking your eyes off the TV for enough time that something could happen. You know, only a couple milliseconds, on the DS, it's like a couple milliseconds, or the 3DS, a couple milliseconds, and you're done, and you're still sort of seeing it in your periphery vision, or peripheral vision, I mean. Yeah. But on, uh, you know, when you're playing on the TV, unless you're holding the gamepad up in midair, you don't have it in your periphery, peripheral, whichever one it is, vision, it's just out of sight. And I don't know, I was always taught to look at the road when driving. So, so, it kind of makes the map, not pointless, but harder to deal with. And on top of that, you can't even view the map on TV anytime, um. not even multiplayer, which is strange. Like, you, we were playing, a group of us, before we started recording this, and uh, Jose had the gamepad, and the rest of us had pro controllers. Jose saw a map, Jose saw everyone's items, we did not.
1: Seems a little weird. Still didn't really help. We were doing battle mode, and it's like, oh, I know I'm going to try to catch up to you, but the map is so big.
0: I guess when we're on negativity about Mario Kart, battle mode. What happened (laughs) with battle mode? Uh,
1: Nothing. That's what happened.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I mean, we kind of talked about this before it came out, like the idea that maybe Nintendo just needed to get the game out. So perhaps they're like, well, you know what? We'll just not do a true battle mode. Because what this one is, for those who don't know, is um, they've basically taken some tracks from the game. Cut off some parts of them, and then gave you the rest, and said, "Race around and shoot each other." Problem is, some of these tracks, like Yoshi Valley, are huge, and we had twelve people—you know, twelve characters—playing. I saw a total of two people the entire time. I mostly died from ricocheting green shells. Uh, I didn't know like, where they came from.
1: Like that interaction, like between like your local—it wasn't yeah. frantic.
0: It was—it just wasn't frantic. Moomoo
1: Meadows I, is I, smaller I and was a lot like, better, I,
0: but it's still just not frantic. It doesn't feel like battle. It feels like racing. It felt,
1: yeah, it felt more. like I was just running through the course like I was racing. Yeah. For, like, it just because I'm, like, I don't know, like, this, so people all around me, I don't really want to turn around, so i
0: just keep going this way, because I know what the track, and it's going to loop. Yeah. So, I, don't and know. I And I think that's my biggest complaint about the game. I mean, honestly, like, gamepad, whatever, if they're not going to use it, that's fine. It's just a controller, that's all it needs to be. And for a console game, but I don't really know what like... they
1: can do with the gamepad, though. Exactly. I mean, even, like, um, Sonic Racing, which I thought, like, was also, like, really, really, really good. Yeah. Like, all they had was a map i mean the only thing cool thing that i thought they did was um when you raise the gamepad up to your face kind of right um a rearview mirror appears right and then when you put it down it could go away
0: and in, in eight in cart it's just hang x
1: yeah i mean they, i mean like but sonic also had that too oh, it was just like it, just it, 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 it was just so yeah. you don't have to like i guess look backward. you could just kind of like shift your eyes because you have to raise it up see if cart did level.
0: that that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's something. I mean, there's also, like, a lot of things that, like, why didn't they include it? Because, I mean, I was kind of using, since I was playing Sonic to, like, wait for Mario Kart. Because sure. I was like, oh, I, needed, I need a racing game to get my racing parts. Right, of course, yeah. So, it's like, there were all these things that I thought, like, oh, Sonic had it, so obviously Mario is going to have it. like, Sonic was using, like, the gamepad as a fist controller. Or if you're playing one-on-one, one person had the whole TV, one person had the gamepad.
0: Yeah, it, it did the asynchronous thing pretty Yeah, well.
1: so, like. It didn't like that wasn't the case, and I mean maybe it's, like to keep the frame rate up or whatever. Yeah, had for the
0: frame rate, but yeah, Balmo is just like such a bummer because yeah. it's literally like a race in a that I don't know how I, it's like a race <sighs> with balloons. That's all. But but I mean I don't want to dwell too much in negativity about Mario Cricket. There is so much positive about the game. Like uh I mean the online is really smooth. It's really seamless. It was uh, I'll be honest in the days before it came out when it was me and a handful of Japanese people playing. It was like, I connected literally every Newtown game needs to work like this. I was in a 12 person race, racing with no standby, no waiting, half a second. I, I connected, it's like, welcome, you know, it's like, connected to Newtown Network, boom, I'm in a race. It was so great. Then the game comes out, and I tried playing, like, you know, the fir- that Thursday night when it hits the eShop at 9 p.m. our time. And there's like, you know, so it's, I was like, all right, I'll play it. was like 11.30, 12 o'clock, Thursday into Friday. Barely could get into a race, and even then, it was like only 400 people because the server was getting hammered. So, a little bit, a little bit of my, uh, yeah, I got spoiled by my early access, but, but no, even then, it's it's smoothed out. It's a lot more, uh, it's a lot more seamless now, and a lot of the tournament options just feel like a nice natural extension of what Markert Seven had, you know? Because Markert Seven had the communities, and this is like, well, here's you have the community number, you can invite people you know, people you don't know with that number. It's the same thing, but look at all these customization options.
1: Yeah, and I've also learned that um, you could set, like, dates and times for your tournaments, but um, you could basically play the tournament every single day of the week. Yeah. But it's only on those designated days that you set up the tournament for that the scores will count. So,
0: oh, interesting. I yeah, didn't know that.
1: Yeah, Um, that was pointed out by... Because I was um, playing at that Go Nintendo tournament. Right, right. And I don't know, got a lot of good races with um Rami Cowboy and, like, all those other people. Sure, yeah. They really... Really good player. I mean, well, obviously yeah. they had the game for a long time. Yeah, they've had for like a month. But I don't know. I was probably managed to win one race. Determine. But um, anyway, but um, I noticed because they said like, oh, the tournaments are only Friday night <laughs> to Saturday morning. Right. But then the like it, the tournament was still up like today, and and then they said like, oh, it's actually gonna be up every single day. It just doesn't
0: count. It's just, it's just you can basically play with the people you'll be racing against in the tournament. Yeah, so. that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, the, the one thing about online. About, like, actual online play is kind of a bummer, though, is the voice chat.
1: Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. I, I, I know that. we said
0: we're going to move away from negativity. Here's the thing. When there's a game as good as Mario Kart, no one spends 20 minutes praising something. We point out the good stuff, and now we're going to harp on the bad stuff. That's just, how, that's just how the world works. Like, that's just how people are. They tend to dwell on the negative, which, once again, it's a really good game, but we're just nitpicking here. But these are things that, like, stop it from being a perfect game. Like, it's really, really, really good, but it's not perfect. So voice chat is one of the major things that hold it back in the sense that, one, it's only... <laughs> my war ball keeps rallying. I think there's like a... Yeah. One, it's only among friends, which for for privacy reasons, it's kind of kid-friendly, I can understand that. But, A, you can't do it during a race, presumably to prevent latency issues because voice data is actually pretty intense to send along with all the visuals and everything, so to keep it smooth. They probably took it out. But when you can talk in lobbies, it has the weirdest lag. So, so the gamepad... Three to four seconds. Yeah, uh, the gamepad can pick up the TV, which is saying... Like, when you talk... Okay, when you're talking, you're just talking. You don't have a headset. You just talk, and gamepad mic picks it up. Then sends it over to the other person's TV, and then it comes out their TV speakers, not their gamepad speakers. So then the gamepad picks up what you're saying from the other end and then sends it back to you. So that whole roundabout where you hear yourself, there's a good two, three, four seconds between me going, "All right, who's up for a race?" and me hearing, "All right, who's up for a race?" Like it's it. There's a nose noticeable disconnect, which is kind of strange. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, we tried it for like a race or two, and then we were just like, "Nope," and turned on our and called each other on our phones and put it on speaker. I mean, I've always done the I that.
1: mean, I guess you could say like it's better than nothing.
0: Oh yeah, it is. yeah. But it's just like it's it's like either they sh- I feel like they either could have like done it better or just like not bothered because like if it's at the point where no one's gonna really use it, why have it? Although I feel like we are a bit of a weird case because we're friends in real life, so we like we know each other, we have each other's phone numbers. Like I feel like a lot of people that play online that are friends online might not have that, but still watch out a little, So I guess it's good for that. Yeah. It, I guess it's like... like I, I mean, like, I guess it's good for... I, I guess it's good for
1: those moments where you're like, like,
0: oh, you got me good with that blue show. I hate you so much. Yeah. I wonder if that's actually part of the reason they don't have it during the actual racing. I wonder if they want, like, a cool-down period of sorts. Like, because imagine... Because, you know, when you're like... So you don't have
1: to hear the people cursing the Yeah,
0: because, like, when you're racing and someone blue shows you and you're just, like, saying, like, 20 F-bombs in a row or whatever, uh, yeah, maybe they don't want to hear that. I mean, Nintendo doesn't want to be the guy that's providing that uh, explicit language, but by doing it after, people are like, oh, well, I mean a good race overall, and then they're a lot more friendlier. So, I don't know. The other cool thing about online, though, is, of course, Mario Kart TV, which is, like, the big new push in sharing how you do online. It's a really cool concept. I just wish there was a bit more control. Like, it's one of those things that's, like, good, but it could have been, like, it's really cool, but it could have been, like, amazing. Because how it works is, um, you know, you're able to take a highlight reel the game does all these great highlight reels you can speed them up you can slow them down you can fast forward rewind and you can view them in 30 second chunk 45 second chunk minute long chunk you can choose which people or the full race or the full race you can choose which people to focus on you can choose um action versus like you know Big big hits versus item use or drift versus drift so all that's cool but then when you share to mario kart tv it like Dumbs it down a lot. Suddenly, you can't do the full race, I don't think. At least if No, sure, you can't do, yeah, the full race. can't do the full race. You can still pick who to focus on, but the speed up, slow down, fast forward, rewind, gone. You can't do a 30 second video of just a drift in slow motion. That's only available for playback within the Mario Kart TV section of the game. So, like, if you post it to YouTube, which is one of the nice features, you just have 30 seconds or 45 or 60 seconds of just raw gameplay. No slow down, no speed up, no real editing. So it just seemed, that just seemed a kind of missed opportunity to me. Or just the fact that you can't, I can understand why you can't po- post a full race. Nintendo's probably thinking, who, how many people are going to go on YouTube and watch full Mario Kart races all the time? Like they just want enough to entice you to go check out the game. This is word of mouth marketing. They want people to share their videos and then their friends will go, oh, whoa, that looks really cool. I want to go buy it. Which is why it uploads to HD, which is in HD, which is why if you look at the tags after you upload a video to YouTube, it has like Mario Kart 8. The Japanese name for arcade mkt 8, MK8, MKTV, Wii U, Nintendo. Like, it's tagged with all these, like, things that so people are just like, what's this game? They'll find it really easily. It's really smart for Nintendo. Plus, they, uh, claim the content, like, third-party claim, so they get ad revenue if ads are played on it. So it's double whammy for Nintendo. But, um, but yeah, so that's probably why they don't do full races, is no one's gonna watch a full race. But it'd be nice if you could do the slow-mo, or the speed-up, or if you could even, like, pick specific moments. You have a gamepad with a touchscreen. If GarageBand, which is what we're recording our podcast on, can have a scrub bar that's really intuitive and easy, why can't the gamepad have one you just touch the specific section of the race you want to share? Like, it doesn't seem that complicated, right? I don't but, know. I guess it was. But with that said, it is still a really cool concept. And the fact that, like, not only do you share if you share it within the game, if you go to the Mario Kart TV section... It not only tracks your last 12 races automatically and has their replays fully available for you to mess with, you can also save six favorites for whenever you want, because the 12 rotate out as you race again. Or you can view your friends, you can view races from your tournaments you've been you can view the most popular, it, it's pretty impressive. And it's, like I said, it saves the full races until you edit them. And then you can post them to Miiverse, which is kind of cool. But again, I'm kind of like, Nintendo did good but not great here in the sense that, like, if you post to Miiverse and you choose not to upload the video to YouTube, all it does is take a random screenshot from your highlight, from your, uh, you know, video, and tags it highlight and puts your caption in the screenshot and nothing else. So someone could be like, oh, man, I drifted past this guy so good, but they don't upload it to YouTube. They'll just show a random screenshot of the race, and, you know, it might not be that drift. If you could at least pick, like, a cover photo or, like, a thumbnail to use in the videos, that would probably go a long way to fixing it. But that's issue number one with the Miiverse integration I have. Issue number two is that with Time Trials, uh, if you should... Okay, let me back up. Time Trials. Really cool Miiverse integration. Again, it's cool that they're doing what they're doing. I just wish they did a little more. So with Time Trials, how it works is just like in 7 and Wii. You download the game... Or, sorry, you download ghosts of other people. You can browse the top ghosts. You can pick the top ghosts. What they did now is they hooked in Miiverse. So you can see not only the person... Obviously, they're as in the past, but they can leave a comment attached to the ghost, which is kind of cool. So, like, I could, like... You know, I did one of uh, Donut Plains. I'm like, not my best. the First one, just for fun, not my... could probably maybe yeah do that. You're,
1: well, yeah when I saw your post I go like where's the context I have no idea what you're yeah talking exactly about. there's no
0: context so when you're viewing it in game it makes perfect sense and they have the usual charts that show you like the average time of someone and you can browse all the different ghosts and download the one you want to view the comments and ma- and yeah the posts from there which is great but like you said when you go to Miiverse, there's no context and that's my complaint is that like I posted it, and it's tag time trial but there's no screenshot there's no indication of the level there's no indication of the I mean the track there's no indication of the time it took me if Game and Wario's Pictionary mode can embed all that in a Meverse post? You know, like, uh, the what you drew, the drawing, the time it took, you know, all that. Why can't Mario Kart just have a little box that, it doesn't even have to be a screenshot, just show the track and the time and the character. I don't get it. Because Mario Kart TV does that really well. Mario Kart TV has a website you can visit, and on there it will show who you played as, if it was a Grand Prix or Versus, that sort of thing, and the track. The data's just pulled automatically. So I don't know why they can't do that in Miiverse itself, but you know it's one of those things that like maybe over time will be improved, which actually I hope is what they do with Mario Kart TV's website as well. If you go to TV right now, what you get is the ability to view the latest movies as they're uploaded to YouTube or to view the, um, your videos and videos of your friends. There's two categories. Hmm. That's it pretty much. Eventually, they're going to have time trial stats. Eventually, they're going to have competitive tournament stats. But much like Miiverse, I think they're rolling them out slowly. Because, you know, Miiverse took 18 months to get where it is today. So, I think it's going to be a slow roll. They just wanted to make sure the videos were up there on the site. Because, again, it's a good publicity move. But, yeah, it's just like one of those things that's like, good but not great. But that one will be great. They have announced it will be great. They just need to get it moving. The only other thing I'll say is... Oh, no, I, I, did, I already mentioned about how, like, if you ch- share a highlight to Miiverse from Mario Kart TV without uploading to YouTube, it's just a screenshot. I said that, yeah. yeah. The one thing, I, the only reason I can think of them doing that, I don't think I said this, is probably they don't want to pay hosting for all the videos. If they're on the web interface of Miiverse, they got to be hosted somewhere. Hmm. So, but what they could have done, and what they should have done, they could probably link back into the game. If you can do an outward link to Miiverse, why not have a Miiverse link that takes you into the game if you're viewing it on the Wii U? It's so like, if it's like, oh yeah, check out, you know, highlight, here's my foe. I just drifted past blah, 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 and then you press whatever it is, is. it dumps you anything, back into me-verse. That'd be cool. Like that? I mean, into the game, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Not currently, but they could have built it out. If they can talk one way, they can talk two ways. Hmm. But, so that's my whole spiel on Mario Kart TV. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just want like, a whole hmm. rant there. But no, I, I think it's a really cool feature, just, it's missing a few things that could make it... It's start. I yeah, mean. it could could make it better, but it's really cool as it is.
1: Um... I mean, we don't even know, like, if Nutella's gonna even going to attempt this for Smash Brothers. And I feel like they should just because that's, like... They big, have to now, yeah. I mean, like, who, I mean, I know, like, a lot of people that would want to, like, record. I feel like that'd be, like, a really big thing. As much as
0: not more than in Mario Kart. So. I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Was there anything you want to add? Like, how does this compare to Sonic to you, overall? Overall? Yeah.
1: I would say it's on equal footing. Like, I wouldn't say it's a better that's game. That's high praise for Sonic. Yeah, like, seriously, like, like Sonic, like, kind of blew me away when I first played it. Like, I was kind of expecting, like, kind of like a meh, like, racer, like, alright. But, um, I don't know, like, like, playing this game and then playing Sonic, it kind of made me, like, kind of see, like, wow, like, Sonic, like, really, like, they took, like, a risk, like, by going, like, this really unique way and, like, like, to separate themselves from Mario Kart. And not only did it work, but it, like... I think it worked really well. Like, I mean, Mario Kart, like, like, oh, they have their glider and their underwater sections, sure. but but then like Sonic gets and anti Graph. and anti-gravity. But that, I mean, which we
0: should talk about actually when you're doing your yeah. Sonic comparison we should mention that for a
1: minute So I mean, I, I, I find like there's anti-grav, but then um, but Sonic like takes all the things like, <laughs> to, like, oh, like to their fullest extent. Like, right. there's not just hang gliding section, there's full on flying section with there's different full, physics. Yeah. Yeah, there's full on like water. Well, I guess you're not underwater, but you're like on boats, and they have like their own water physics and everything. So it's kind of like Mario Kart Seven on steroids, and even without having like the anti-gravity mode, like they still have track designs that would, if they were in Mario Kart Eight, they would have like, oh, this is where the anti-gravity would activate. But they're still like going upside down and stuff like that, and right. there's like no anti-gravity. To speak right, of. right, right. So, right. and not only that, but like, I don't know. I guess item-wise, I feel like Sonic fixed the problem that Mario Kart always had in the past, like where
0: bombardment. I,
1: I, like yeah, bombardment and items like seem like really like overpowered. Like, every single item is dodgeable. Even, like, mm-hmm. their red shell equivalents, like, mm-hmm. they'll hold onto people. But if you can, like, time a drift boost right, like, it'll just pass you. And they'll say, like, oh, successfully avoided. And then I'll go to the next person. Right. And even their blue shell equivalent, like, it'll just go, it just sends, like, a swarm of bees to, like, the front of the row. And there's a whole bunch of them, but they're dodgeable.
0: So it's more, so that one's more of a skill-based yeah, racer. It, it, more, more of a party racer, in a yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, huh. basically it. Now the uh, the one thing I was going to say about anti grav it does and it doesn't change gameplay. I feel like, and this is probably the last time Mario Kart Just let rate, actually. It lets
1: them do more creative. Track it lets them get creative with
0: track design. It do, it changes the mechanic of of uh, hitting versus avoidance. That actually is bigger than you might think. Yeah, mm-hmm. the yeah. the fact that hitting other carts will actually give you a speed boost drastically changed how I play. Also, it in how you portions. hit people, like yeah. maybe
1: you want to like bump them because they'll bump each other, and you can like knock them off and get your speed boost. Yeah, it's it's actually on it's are,
0: surprisingly. But big a surprisingly big component at times yep. other times it's just for fun and kind of gimmicky but no when you're when you're it's like a neck and neck race when you're in the middle of the pack as you described it earlier it's like make a oh, break yeah. time yeah but it's but yeah i think overall mario Kart 8 is just a really solid game like really good like just shy of perfect everything i nitpicked are very small nitpicks overall i've been playing this game more than any wii game wii u game i played in a very long time and, and i'm loving every minute it's really good yeah, no, like yeah totally really be. good, and yeah, I, I, if the town pumps up, pumps out games like this on a regular basis, I think that we will do fine. <laughs> and
1: and and just saying, like, I mean, like, if you're really enjoying this game and you still like want more card after, just like just get Sonic. I mean, they I think they complement each other really well, just because they're so different, right? Because I mean, yeah, they're, they're yeah, they're just really different, but they're also kind of the same. Like they both have that same kind of arcade cart feel.
0: So. Yeah, they're both arcade cart racers. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so, um, so yeah, obviously, like, like I said, we're not gonna actually say go, I guess we did do the whole we recommended thing in the end after all. Oh, no, I guess we be... did. Well, you know, but, uh, d- we're not done yet, though. We have one more set of impressions, or at least I do. Um, so Nintendo gave me early access to Tomodachi Life's move-in version, which was, um, which it's like a short demo-ish thing of Tomodachi Life, so, um, I figured we'd talk about it a little bit. game's not out until next weekend comes out friday the 6th i think that's a friday yeah so this coming friday actually but i played it like a week and a week ago so um okay it's not sure what move inversion is i should probably first explain is it's just like pared down intro to tamadachi life and then from there you can import what you do in move inversion into the full game and the full game when it comes out will actually come with two copies of move inversion that you can then give to friends to try out like in terms of really pushing the word of mouth marketing so, you'll get these codes, you'll get them to download them Why not the just e-shop. have it on the eShop? They're going to have a demo on the eShop as well, but the oh. move in is a little different. And they want it to be like, hey, check out this game, here's my code. And it's like, oh, oh. cool, a personal invitation to try the game. So, um, I mean, it's actually really clever. Because on the one hand, Nintendo's marketing Tomodachi Life straight at kids. Like, have you seen the commercials they've been posting on their YouTube? It's like these kids hosting a fake talk show, and it's like, what are you doing in Tomodachi Life today? Oh, well, Shaq came over. And it's like, Shaq's me. And then it's like, yeah. And then I fed him like lasagna and he melted into a puddle. I'm not making it up. And it's like, Tomodachi Life is so wacky. Tomodachi Life, come and see the 3DS and 2DS. It's like, all right, that definitely ended up like a Disney crowd. But then they're doing like, for us older gamers, they have the word of mouth on social media. They're doing this word of mouth with this demo. I mean, they gave this demo to a select number of Platinum Club Nintendo members who registered Animal Crossing New Leaf. Just from, they took the pool of all those people that meet those qualifications and then just plucked out a few like not nah, i don't know how many but it was a pretty small number from what i gathered so um so i had the, like i said i had the opportunity to try it um ultimately this will come with the game but here's what the version actually enta- here's what moving version entailed when i played it uh like i said it's first like i said it is just a small taste of Tamodachi life's like life in Tamodachi life, like Tamodachi life life i i don't know but um everything you do is setting up really for the full game. So when you first boot it up, you're basically at the start of the game, and um, after you solve five of the me's of your Mii's problems, as they call it, uh, then it cuts off. You can still like hang out and see what your Mii's up to, but you can't really do much beyond that. So when I started the first thing it did was tell me to name my island city. The whole game takes place on an island city, and you get you name it, kind of like a town in Animal Crossing. So I, for no apparent reason, called it Bandito Island. It just had a good ring to it. You don't get a name. It. Island is mandatory, so you just name the first part. So I thought Bandito sounded cool. Anyway, that's beside the point. You're then tasked with making your first me. And this me is supposed to be you. And this is where they're really like, hey, this is how customization works in this game. And it's actually quite fleshed out. So um, you first, you can either import a me from the meme Maker or make a new one from scratch. Unfortunately, you cannot import one from Street Pass Plaza, which is a huge oversight in my opinion. Mm. I don't have very many Miis in the Me Studio and the Mi Maker. I don't care about making Mis. But there are so many random cool ones I've come across at Comic-Con, at like, you know, Nintendo's E3 events. Or like, the ones Nintendo sent out. Or the ones that Nintendo sent out. And you can import them from Street Pass to Mi Maker. But am I really going to go through my 3,000 Miis and find that guy from two years ago that, had, that looked kind of like Diddy Kong? No. So that's kind of a bummer. But um once you get over that and you start making me you could, if you make the me in game, it literally has an in-game version of the Me Maker from Me Studios. That's kinda convenient, I guess you could do the Q you know, you could do it with a camera or whatever. Um but then you get to customize it for Tomodachi Live. So that means you know giving it the birthday, name. One kind of cool touch is because some people have names are hard to pronounce, there's a pronunciation section where you can actually type in phonetically how the name's said. So the me who talks, that's one of the big things about the game is all the me's talking these semi-robot voices. Uh, they will say your name correctly. It's kind of nice, to, you know, it's nice that they actually thought of that. Um, and then after that, you're in charge of picking their voice. And this is actually a very thorough editor for picking their voice. You can choose everything from, like, you know, using different sliders, you can set pitch, you can set speed, you can set accent. There's, like, four different presets of, like, uh, styles of talking. For example... How does a slider control the accent? Uh, it goes from, like, like, a weird draw to, like, a kind of, like... I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But as I slid it, it, like, slowed into a draw and then sped up into, like, a Valley Girl. Like, Well, Valley Girl's a draw, too. But, like, sped up into, like, a fast-talking New Yorker, I guess. Mm. I don't know. But there are, like, four preset talking styles where it's, like, you know, like, Hello, I am Jason. Hello, I am Jason. Like, stuff like that. So, I guess, inflection styles. Mm. But then everything else you can control and you can really customize it. Like, mine sounds kind of like me, but some of the others I made, like, I made one of Leslie Nope of Parks and Rec. So yeah, my town currently you, you can make three me's in a demo. So I have Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec, Reggie, and myself. And Leslie sounds identical to Leslie Nope. It's she sounds just like Amy Poehler. It's weird how spot on I was able to make it. But uh, if Amy Poehler was a robot, of course. Um, but yeah, so you pick the you know you pick those, and then after you choose a voice, you do a personality quiz, which then sets the personality for the me, and that's how you know they that determines how they live their life and do the stuff they do. And what's interesting is they don't let you just choose a personality. It's not like, I want him outgoing. They'll ask you a series of questions, like it's like eight questions, and there's a scale of one to five or one to eight or something like that. And depending on how you answer, it picks the personality. So when I did Leslie nope exactly like the character from Parks and Rec. I did me, exactly like I thought I would be like. Like, it seems pretty spot on. Reggie, I forgot what Reggie's was, but it was like kind of true, but it also made him seem way more like aggressive than he yeah, really is. <laughs> well, I mean, it's hard to gauge someone's personality just based off of yeah, exactly. their speeches. Yeah, but still, it's just like... It, it's cool how much you can customize them. You're really building out these characters to be digital versions of you and and people you know and characters or celebrities you like or whatever. And once you do all that, that's when you get to the game itself. So at this point... And that's and that's kind of when I started to realize it's more like The Sims and Animal Crossing. Because at this point, you're actually interacting with the characters and you realize you don't actually control them directly. Everything's done with the touchscreen and with menus. In fact, if anything, it's more like you're raising your own me as a Nintendog or like a pokemon in the pokemon x and y's pokemon and me mode or something like that like it's the same sort of setup you have like feed them and everything and there's menus on the left and they're in the middle of the touchscreen. you can kind of like rub their head if you want and sometimes if if you tap them it zooms in on them on specific features of them if you tap it again it goes like inside them so if you tap their stomach it'll show what their last date. if you tap their head it'll show their random thought for example Mime was thinking about a squirrel no reason why and it wasn't a polygonal squirrel it was an actual photograph of a squirrel no reason why But, uh, yeah, so you interact with them using these menus, and, oh yeah, sometimes if you, like, zoom in on them and just leave it there when it's zoomed in close on their face, like, they'll react, like, my, uh, Leslie Nope got, like, super, like, blushed, and it's like, stop staring at me. But, uh, yeah, so they also have speech bubbles that come out of their head, much like a sim, where you kind of figure out they need, if they need something, these are the problems I said you have five of, so you figure out they need something when the speech bubble pops out, so you press that to tell you they're hungry, to tell you they want, like, go meet a neighbor, to tell you they want to do whatever, and at that point, that's when you have to accommodate their needs in order to, um, you know, essentially level them up. Because as they build relationships, as they do stuff in the game, the top screen will show meters of their activity, or of them, I should say. And the more you level them up, the more gifts you can get them, the more gifts you can do, and the more stuff they can do. For example, in this one, I was able to level in the demo, I was able to level up me and Reggie, and both of them were given the great gift of learning how to hula dance. They got hula dancing guidebooks. I don't know why. Um, but, yeah, so... And, of course, because these me's represent people, they have personalities, they have likes, they have dislikes. My me, much unlike me, actually totally opposite of me, hates pancakes. Huh. He's a fool. I should just reset the game. I Yeah. But, so, you know, things like that. So you have to feed them, you have to, like, entertain them. They'll, they'll put in requests, too. It's not just like, oh, I'm bored. It's like, hey, I want to go meet Reggie. So then you go over to Reggie's apartment and you meet them. And everything you do in the game is through these menus and through the touch screens. Like going to another apartment, you know, you're in the you're in the uh, the map of the city, you press the apartment building, and there's your apartment, there's Reggie's apartment, there's Leslie's apartment, and there's about a hundred you can have in total. You can have a hundred different custom needs that you're Whoa. kind of micromanaging all at once. I think it's a hundred, that's what I read somewhere. The demo doesn't show nearly that many, but the building can go up above the screen, so um, Yeah, so all that's going on. You have all these me's you're juggling. And then, ultimately, you just kind of watch and see what happens. Like, you get the ball in motion. You have Reggie meet JSR, or me or JSR meet Reggie, or whatever the command is. And then you just kind of let them do their thing. And it almost becomes like watching a TV show and checking in. And that's kind of where, like, the crazy stuff, presumably, will happen. So, um, and and just be clear, you don't just tend to your me. All 100 are kind of in your control. Like, uh... You're you're man. You're making sure each of them are fed. You're making sure each of them level up. You're making sure each of them have entertainment. You're so making- it's not like you don't want to have 100. No, but you could. But they're the population of your city, so you want, like, a number. You can have up to 100, I should say. But, like, and, and the thing is, you can also set the relationships when you build them. So, you know, because you can get married, as the controversy has made clear. You can have kids, but you obviously don't want to do that with your sister. So there's ways that, like, you can, you can label them as family, friends acquaintance, there's different categories, so to make sure there's no like unintentional <laughs> incest in the game. Uh but yeah, I mean for the most part, demo's relatively tame compared to the wackiness that you would expect based on the Nintendo Direct Announcement video. But there are hints of the craziness and the funny hu- and like the style of humor the game has. Like uh you know, I'd go I was gonna go buy my me some food, so I clicked over to the uh shop. For some reason the clerk at the at the grocery store is just a giant wooden block his head's just a wooden block with a weird little creepy face engraved in it he doesn't act like anything's wrong with him but he just has a wooden block for a head because why not or like you can go to a concert the concert hall opens in the demo and you get to hear half of a metal song sung by your me so you know i always did wonder what me reggie and leslie nope would be like in a metal band now i know uh and then you know there's other stuff like uh, if you just check on your me when they're in their apartment you can see them like their sleep in which you can in which case you can go into their dream and see what they're dreaming which is always bizarre that's where stuff like the me face flying off their body and into outer space came from but also sometimes you just check in and they're rolling on the floor for no reason like literally just rolling around the floor like with a weird smile on their face so there's just random stuff that happens and that kind of but you know that kind of is kind of what makes it interesting it's like what will happen next so, like, I went back, even when I finished the proms, I went back a couple times just to see what my Miis were doing. and Mostly nothing, but it was just kind of cool. To be like, oh, hey, now he's rolling on the floor again. Uh, so, so yeah, it's um, definitely, as I dive deeper into the full game when it comes out, I'm sure the wackiness will exponentially grow. But, uh, yeah, overall, it you know, it's it, it's a fun little demo. It does a good job of giving you a sense of what it's about. It kind of shows you that it's not just another Animal Crossing. It's more of, like, You know, it's not even just an. I was going to say it's more of a Sims, but it's not even just the Sims. It's like, it has the Sims, but it also has Nintendogs and how you tend to them. And it also has Animal Crossing in a sense that you can customize things. Because one thing I didn't mention is some of the stuff your memes might request are like, I want a new shirt or whatever. So you have to go buy them objects. You get the gifts you get them when you level up aren't just like new abilities or activities for them. It's also like stuff for their apartment, which you can customize and you can make it like a real Animal Crossing style home. So that's how that factors in. So it's really kind of a blur of all three. And, uh, it, it got me excited, I'm excited for the full version, I think it's gonna be really fun, um, plus by having the demo, or when, you know, when you share it with friends, when you get the full game, and, it, you know, at that point, anyone who has this move-in version actually gets a special panda suit for, their mie- for one of their Miis to wear, so, two of them, one for yourself and one to give to a friend, so, so there's that, and it seems like Nintendo's gonna be pumping out some, uh, regular stuff for your street passes, or, sorry, spot pass as well, once the game comes out on launch day, they'll be giving away some sort of gift, and they I don't know if it's a me or an item, but they're gonna keep doing that regularly, much like with Animal Crossing. So that's another way that, like, Animal Crossing is kind of influencing this. But uh, yeah, it's a cool game. Comes out June sixth. Uh, I'm probably gonna pick it up. Actually, I know I'm picking it up because now I'm kind of intrigued of what's gonna happen with the Mii's and my life there. But it's definitely, it's definitely different from Animal Crossing. It's not just an Animal Crossing clone, even though at first glance you could mistake it for one. So I think, um, yeah, I think it. You know, if you have any interest in the game. There will be a demo on the eShop around launch, definitely check that out, or get a moving version from a friend, and we will have, of course, full impressions of the final game sometime after our E3 coverage, because E3's gonna dominate the next couple podcasts, there's no doubt about that. So when we come back, after the cooldown of E3, we'll come back, and by that point I'll have Tamodachi Life for a number of weeks, and I can see if it really, you know, how well it holds up, and the thing is, the game's in real time, much like Animal Crossing, another thing it borrows from Animal Crossing. So those extra couple weeks are probably for the best, but um, you know, if you if you uh, if you never gotta buy it, then that might not be much help. But I feel like it's one of those games that people won't know for sure. Like I know you were kind of like whatever about it, but maybe yeah, I'm depending def- on what, depend on how I like it. Maybe I'll change your mind.
1: I'm definitely still not interested. Just I don't know. It's, I think it's
0: cool. It's almost like watching an interactive TV
1: show. Oh, it's I don't, I don't know what it is about it. I just doesn't. Did you ever play The
0: Sims or like The Sims?
1: Mm, I tried playing them, but I just could never oh, get well, into that, it. Well, that's why you weren't like this then. But yeah. but I did mention our e3. But, and since like I didn't play it, and I really had like nothing to like say about it. Oh, I obviously. I, I, I was just like looking at um the Mario Kart 8 font on the box, and I'm like, wow, it's a very boring font.
0: Yeah, that that is true. It it is a boring font. Is that well, I guess it is in line of sight with you. Yeah.
1: And Nintendo does not seem to really try on some of their fonts, like New Super Mario Bros. U and Wii Party U, seem to have suffered from. No, don't
0: care. Right? Boring font, dumb. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah, but 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 more importantly, we mentioned E3 a second ago, and it's probably worth mentioning or explaining our E3 plans a little. So, um, as we do every year, E3 is the big, the big shebang for us here at Random Nintendo. It's where we pump, pump out the most content in the shortest time span, as is true of every video game site. So, we hope you choose to check us out over uh, during your E3 perusing because we're gonna have a lot going on, and it starts this Sunday, on uh, June eighth. With our yearly little photo safari, we're going to drive over to the LA Convention Center, which we're actually pretty close to right now, and take some photos of of all the big signage as it goes up. Maybe Nintendo will have something there. So check back on June 8th for the start of our coverage with that. And then, during the week of E3, we're going to be doing a whole bunch of stuff. We'll have extras with photos and impressions from Smash Fest, and hopefully from the Smash Bros. Invitational Tournament at the Nokia Theater, assuming we get in. We're getting a Roy to make sure that gets done. And we're also going to be doing, as we always do, a special bonus episode of the podcast in the middle of E3 week. It will either be going live on June 10th or June 11th, depending on how the Smash Bros. tournament goes. So, what that episode will entail is, or will include, is of course all the all our analysis and thoughts on the Nintendo Digital Event and any other news from that Tuesday. Plus, if we get into Smash Invitational, we'll talk about that as well as have the extra. And if we don't, well, then I guess we won't. But, uh, so let's keep it locked to Nintendo for the two extras about the Smash events, as well as that bonus episode. And then, as we would normally have scheduled, that Sunday on June 15th, we will have our second E3 episode, our normal bi-weekly episode, where we will recap the rest of the week of E3, including, uh, you know, grabbing the big, the big tidbits from interviews and whatever else Nintendo might announce at their roundtables. And yeah, normally we have two very full episodes of the podcast during three, and we don't expect to be any different this year that second episode will also be home to full hands-on impressions of smash bros for wii u assuming all goes according to plan so definitely keep it locked around town to make sure you don't miss any of that easiest way to make sure you don't miss it of course is to follow us on twitter at round nintendo or to subscribe to us in your podcasting app of choice be it itunes or whatever it is you may use Uh, You can also see what we're up to in terms of E3 and what we think of E3 stuff in real time by following us on Twitter. I am JSR7, Jose is Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O, and you can also uh, friend or follow us on Miiverse to see our gaming activities of the week, or of the week's, plural, including Mario Kart 8 and Tomodachi Life when it comes out. So I'm Jason R on there, and Jose is the exact same name of Wero on Miiverse. So that pretty much does it for this episode. Uh, it's definitely exciting times ahead. Also, keep it locked to Nintendo this coming week this week, as we'll be uh, sharing that retrospective look at Nintendo's last big tournament, the Wii Summer Games, to, you know, whet our appetite for the Smash Bros. rotational. So yeah, like I said, keep it locked to Nintendo. It's going to be a fun couple weeks. E3 always is. It's going to be a crazy couple weeks. E3 always is. And, you know, quite frankly, we can't wait.